0: Get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on go GoToDobbs.com for money, saver, tire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the Fall Guy.
1: Please do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yeah.
0: the opening drive podcast on 101 espn
1: presented by dobbs tire and auto centers morning everyone and
4: welcome to 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 the opening drive drive on 101 espn carrie davis matthew rocky randy Carricker at seven o'clock your time check brought to you by clarkson jewelers and officially licensed rolex jeweler cd good morning how are you doing I'm doing well, sir. How good, are you? Good. You are well-rested. Well-rested. Because you went back to sleep a yeah, little bit. I, this morning
2: was one of those days. I, I usually get up around 5.15, 5.30. Randy, I got up at 5.30. I went to the kitchen, turned the stove on, started making some, put some, some uh, oil in the skillet, and I turned the stove off and said, you know what, not today. <laughs> I went, it was 5.34 when I looked at my watch, and I said, yeah, I'm going to go lay back down. I can't do it today. I, it was, today was, I don't know why. It's just one of the. Sometimes when you wake up, you wake up early and you're prepared and you're ready, and your body, you you listen to your body. Your body's gonna tell you everything you need to know. And my body screamed at me this morning 30 more minutes. I went back to sleep till 6.05 <laughs> <laughs> I love
5: it <laughs> good
4: for you and uh, he's chipper and happy and ready, ready to roll. rock and roll we've got quite a morning for you coming up in the 8 o'clock hour at 8.15 Mike Claiborne is going to join us every day, as he does every Tuesday at 9 o'clock we're going to preview the Mizzou Illinois Bragg and game coming up Thursday night at Enterprise Center Dennis Gates the head coach of MIZZOU will join us Then at 9.15, the Cardinal Manager, Ali Marmol, and at 9.30, we've got Darren Pang. So quite a 9 o'clock, stacked 9 o'clock hour for you here on 101 ESPN. But before we get to that...
0: The number of the day, who could ask for more? The number of the day is...
4: Four! Four Four in a row for your (laughs) St. Louis Blues as they hammered Vancouver last night by a score of 5-1. to The Blues were scoreless after a a period, and CD decided to uh, to shut her down for the night.
2: Yeah, completely. Yeah, I I, listen. It was ten thirty, ten forty five. That that's well past my bedtime. Maybe the reason why I had to wake up at (laughs) five thirty and decide to go get thirty more minutes of sleep. I saw the score this morning and what Jordan Cairo did, and was pretty impressed.
4: So I actually hung in until. Into the second period, and I'll I'll tell you when I went to bed, because I knew it was over. But uh, midway through the second period, the Blues and the Canucks are scoreless. And you're thinking, oh, this is going to be a tight one. But then the Blues, all due respect to Vladimir Tarasenko and Pavel Butchnevich, the Blues' most skilled player came through.
5: It's cut off and then pulled up along the right side by Kyrou. Skates to the neutral zone, passes to Letty, he's got the red. Letty in over the blue line, drop pass for Thomas. Met there by Micaiah, but Tarasenko gets it into the slot, and Letty grabbed it, shot it, save. Comes back to Kyrou, he scores! Jordan Kyrou, top of the circle, gets the puck from Letty and buries it. 1-0 St. Louis, 9.35 to go, second
4: period. Jordan Cairo uses a laser to score goals. <laughs> he, he I, I, you know what? I'm, I'm, I
2: guess I'm coming around to seeing what Army saw. He, he understood how talented this young man is, and and how well he can play in the things that he does on the ice. And it's, it's. Right now, it's needed for this team. We we didn't know going into the season, you know, they had had nine goal, 20 goal scorers last year, yep. and we didn't know who was going to take the lead or who was going to, if it would be that many. That seemed like a lot of, lot of goal scorers uh, to score 20 last year. And he seems like he's kind of taking that lead and saying, not yet that this is my team, mm-hmm. but guys, follow me. I can do this. I'm really good at what I do. And it's 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 showing
4: up. And he wasn't done. Vancouver tying it two minutes after that goal. But who would come through 36 seconds later? Nay dub. Letty, wide open to Walker. Walker's in, and he oh. shoots. He scores!
5: Nathan Walker puts the Blues right back on top. 6.58 to go in the second. One one the score. Two to one the score now.
4: I jumped ahead of the scoreboard. Well, his first of the year. Yeah, the key for Nadub is just to accept the, the name. And if he just accepts the name, he's going to score a lot more goals. It starts there, man. Yeah. L- listen, the
2: thing about nicknames is you
4: generally do not like them. And, you
2: know, or, or it, it, but it fits you. Mm-hmm. So Nadub is the nickname that we, you and I, coined. Michelle Smallman was not a fan of it. Nope. I don't know that Rock was a fan of it either. I think we kind of, we might have bullied him into that one. Yeah. It's two to one. <laughs> <laughs> it happens here from time to time. We love you, Rock. We understand. You know, sometimes. Yeah, we are a bad example of the kids going to school. <laughs> Well, you know, kids don't be bullied yeah. and, and kids don't bully. So, uh, but he, yeah. He's
4: the best basketball player of all time. Michael Jeffrey, very, Jordan, good good. Good. Thank you, yeah. very much. 7
2: very to 10 a.m. every single day <laughs> on this airwaves.
4: We don't say anyone else. Isn't yeah. that right, Rock? R- rule your home like an iron fist, guys. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Nadeb <laughs> makes it 2 to 1. Thank you, uh, Nadeb. Robert Thomas scoring before the period was out. 3 1 Blues lead. And then it was just the Jordan show in the third. On the power play, a minute in.
5: Thomas on the far circle, looking again
4: to Krug, nice
5: play by Krug to hold it in, pass over to Kyrou, down low to Tarasenko, Tarasenko to Kyrou, he scores, Jordan Kyrou, under the bar on the blocker's side,
4: a power play goal, and it's 4-1 St. Louis, 107 into the third period. And Jordan wasn't done. Set up again by Thomas and Tarasenko near the midpoint of the third. Tarasenko cuts into the middle of the ice with
5: it. His first pass is blocked. He comes back with his second one. Down to Thomas. They shoot. They score! Jordan Cairo. If you've got a hat, chuck it at your radio. He gets the hat-trick in the National Hockey League, and he's put the Blues on top by a score of 5-1. Jordan Cairo, the hat-trick goal, 10.41 to go in the third period. It, that
2: second goal I said when we got in here, that was a, a really impressive shot. There were like three people in front of the goalie and obviously the goalie. And he found a way to sneak that through. And it was a it, to me, it was a really impressive shot. Is that the first hat trick this season for the Blues? I, I believe it is. I believe it is, yeah. First hat trick of yeah. the season. Jordan Kyrou is, is showing up and he's showing out. And I am, like I said, I'm really impressed with just the maturation over when did the season start? October, mm-hmm. yeah, early October. Early October, October, something. just the maturation over this two and a half months of of what he's done, what we were saying about him. You know, one of the things was playing a two hundred foot game, and and he's done that. He's showing that he is potentially the the alpha of this team just based on his ability to score the goal, score the score the puck, and and I am. Again, I'm going to continue to use this word, Randy, and because I don't want to, I don't want to get out that's too far fair. over my skis. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Cautiously optimistic about this team. Cautiously is the is the key word. I'm optimistic, but very cautious about
4: it. I think that that's reasonable. By the way, Cairo now with the hat trick last night during the four game winning streak has three, four, five, six goals and four assists. He's got ten points during the four game winning streak. It's not bad. Not at all. He's up to 16 (laughs) 16 goals on the season. And when you talk about being cautiously optimistic, Blues now have 33 points. And Edmonton is in the second wild card spot. They're three points behind Edmonton. But they've won four in a row, and they just keep winning. And they'll play again when they go to Seattle tonight, an 8 o'clock pregame here on 101 ESPN. I was looking up the stats yesterday or the day before, maybe whenever it was before they played
2: the game. Uh, who they play before they play Calgary Hungary. and the, and the highest goal scorer was eleven with Jordan Cairo. Mm-hmm. and I'm like we are, he was so far down on the list of of goals scored I'm like wow we we haven't really done much and now here we go two games later and he scored five goals and you're like well that that's not <laughs> that's pretty good if I if I were to look at the list again I'm sure he's somewhere in the in the middle of that pack as opposed to at the bottom of it and and you know you gotta have guys on your team that can shoot the puck and score it. And, and you know, we felt like Vladdy was going to be that guy. That was the guy that I picked to score the most goals this season. I don't think any of us in this room picked Kyrou. You picked Bucinavich. Yep. Did you pick anyone, Rock? Did you have a I, – I didn't pick Jordan Kyrou. <laughs> I, I don't think any of us did,
6: and he's showing. You know, yeah, I think I picked Robert. I picked Robert Thomas. Okay.
4: Well, that was – I mean, he's, he's just doing an outstanding job. And after the eight-game losing streak, after 11 games in the season, The Blues were averaging 2.03 goals a game. Now they're averaging 3.03 goals a game. So they've taken a pretty precipitous jump there. Uh, They're 20th in the league in goal scoring. But uh, I think if we look back to uh, where they are since the... 20 or since the 11 game mark of the season, in the last 21 games, they'll be right up there at the top of the league. We'll check that out. We'll see. We're, we're going, we're trending in the right direction, as they say, Randy. Yep. Let's go, Blues. And again, an eight o'clock pregame tonight, uh, trending in the wrong direction. The Los Angeles Rams, who fell to the Packers last night, 24 to 12. And, uh, you know, I'm just thinking that the, the Rams have some issues that they're going to, and we're going to talk about this in a little bit, but even the players that they do have. They don't play a really good, sound game. This was a team that, and maybe it was the veteran players that were just coming through for him and playing good, sound, fundamental football. But they have people like Jalen Ramsey who did some good things last night, but he's really regressed as a player. They don't have anybody on the offensive line, but Rob Havenstein has regressed. Bobby Wagner is old. He's you know They, they signed him. He's not as good as he was. They've really... As a team and as individuals, taking a major step backward. Yeah, you
2: you would struggle to find anyone that is playing at the level that they played even last year. As mm-hmm. like you said, Jalen Ramsey is not. Um, Aaron Donald, even when he was healthy, didn't seem has not seemed as interested the entire season. We know what he can do when he's when he's you know really upset and ready to roll, but it hasn't seemed that way the entire season. And offensively, obviously, when you lose Cooper Cup, who was the ma- the vast majority of their offense. Stafford was going to throw the ball to him 15 times a game if he could. He's out for the season. Stafford is potentially out for the season, and they did. Cam Akers is a guy that was ready to to be traded and didn't want to show up anymore because he was so frustrated with the the lack of touches on the offense. This team has has really imploded. From they they have yeah. they have imploded, and and now they're sitting in a situation where you said yesterday, Randy, you don't even know if if McVeigh will be back as the head coach. He may be one to sitting sit in a booth mm-hmm. and call games as opposed to standing on the sideline and calling them. So they are in they are in trouble, and they they mortgaged their future for a championship. And I guess most people will say. Yes, sign me up for it. I'll do it every day of the week, every time, every year, if, if that's the options that we have. But when you look at what this team has left in the cupboard right now mm-hmm. and what they have going forward, I don't know how many Rams fans are in L.A. because it doesn't seem like there's many. Mm-hmm. But those that are Rams fans are going to be extremely upset. Because the future for them is not bright. I, I will, I'm, I'm go, One other thing, it, it's like the Lakers. Now, L.A. is a Laker town. Yeah. But the Laker fans that I know that have grown up on the Lakers hate the Lakers right now. And they are not fans of it because of what they gave up and what they have right now. So, yeah, they also mm-hmm. won a championship, the bubble championship. That's an asterisk. It is. If you ever wanted to put an asterisk by a championship, That's that it. would be one. But... L.A. Laker fans feel the same way I'm sure that those L.A. Rams fans do. We got a championship out of it, but what does the future hold for us? Yep, and right
4: now the Rams would have the third pick in the draft and that would go to the Detroit Lions, the Detroit of course. Detroit Lions. Yep. And I'm so excited for them, man. Yeah, I'm excited for yeah. the Lions. Yeah, me too. That's <laughs> Kerry. I'm Randy and we're off and running here on the opening drive. Coming up, four downs from week 16 in the NFL. Is it 15, 16? Whatever. I think it's a 16. 15, I'm confused. I think it's 16. Who knows? It's this yeah, new eighteen-game yeah, week I, schedule is throwing me off. So th- let's see. Everybody's played fourteen. So yeah, it was week fifteen. You're right. I, I, You're right. I do
2: have one one thing. A texter texted in said seven to ten is Jordan. Eleven mm. to twelve is LeBron. We're going uh, eleven to two with BK uh-huh. is LeBron. We're going to have a conversation with them when we get done. Mm-hmm. You know, we meet uh, we, after we our right. show between uh, McKernan and their show. We're going to have a conversation with that group, and we're going to make sure that Jeffrey Jordan, Michael Jeffrey Jordan. Is from seven to ten, and also from eleven to two. Yeah, they've. Um, well... <laughs> Rock is shaking his head. It's going to be a stern
4: conversation with those gentlemen here's when, a, when we get the thing, off the air with, with that generation. <laughs> oh, it, it, if I don't remember it, it didn't happen.
2: Ah, there's a, there's the internet and YouTube yeah. and other Should other yeah. you know, metrics and things that you can watch. They don't. They don't even bother. right your dance? It's it's amazing. You know what the ma- the most amazing thing that I see every single day is how much information these young people have readily available to them and how ignorant they are on so many things. Whoa, yeah. whoa, whoa! We just, had to go just, to the library and open uh, Encyclopedia yep. Britannica just because.
6: To, to get the, the information that we, you all have it just because T-Bone probably couldn't name the president of like during World War II does not mean that that show is completely <laughs> historically inept. Come on guys. Uh, they are, cle- it's they are clearly wrong about LBJ. I think there's an argument to be made. Uh, rock? I'm not going well, to sh- okay. I'm not going to make it on this I'm not going to make it on this show. <laughs> let's let's But I still think there's an argument
4: to be made. Let's start with this one. Oh God, let's no. let, let's start with this small argument. Okay. And I know this is the cheapest easiest radio in the world. It is. But in the last 5 years, LeBron James has played 55, 67, 45, 56 and 22 games. Do you remember Michael Jordan missing that many games? Nah. I think he missed a, a, a lot of games when he broke his ankle. He also, missed
2: a, lot, he also missed a lot of games when you know
6: he decided to retire I don't need to play this whole ba- I don't need to play this basketball game anymore. And came back and did what? Rock? Oh, he won three championships. Gosh, right? That's amazing, isn't it? Take a whole year off. He also lost to Nick Anderson and, and nah, Orlando Magic. Nah. Nah. That hey, that's not tomato uh, tomato. That's forty five out there. That was that that
2: forty five That was forty five. Exactly. He got it together quickly. <laughs>
4: Michael's career, had the injury God. in the second year. 82, then 18, then 82, 82, 81, 82, 82, 80, 78, 17 when he came back from baseball. 82, 82, 82.
2: When you look at the the awards that Michael has won in comparison to LeBron, it, that'll give
4: you the story. You know, Michael was tougher, too. Uh, coming so up down. next, four downs from the NFL on 101 ESPN.
0: You are back to the opening.
1: Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers.
4: Time for four downs in the NFL. First down. CD, the Jacksonville Jaguars have arrived. And we've seen this with several teams. When Tony Dungy took over Tampa Bay in 1996, they got off to a bad start and then got rolling. And we, we've seen it. Uh, it took Dick Vermeil a couple of years here in St. Louis to get things rolling. But you can see it when a team turns the corner. And that's happened with Jacksonville. They're up to 6-8 and eight right now. They're a game behind Tennessee for the nfc or afc south lead trevor lawrence with a career high four touchdown passes three of them to zay jones they came back from a 17 point deficit they were down 27 to 10 and then they get a pick six in overtime to give them the 40 34 win over dallas and This is kind of the signature win so far for doug peterson in jacksonville not that they didn't have good wins prior to this one but now they're beating good teams they're showing that they can come back in games they're dealing with adversity and first and foremost their first overall draft pick quarterback is reaching into star territory he has all the elements obviously he's got the big arm he's got the personality and off the field He apparently is a guy Kind of like Joe Burrow In Cincinnati That has taken over the city In Jacksonville I think that Jacksonville, not only for this year, but for the foreseeable future, has a chance to be a force in the AFC South.
2: Yeah, you, you. we talked about it yesterday. The fact that, you know, one year removed from the Urban Meyer experiment and how well they have performed. Um, it's just it's. It, Trevor Lawrence has shown up he, and, and people were ready to write him off after his first year. Travis Etienne, obviously able to come back this year and play well. They are showing up. On both sides of the ball, and and you have to take your hat off to Doug Peterson and what he's done. Um, they are a team, as you said, in potential in, in in the running to try to win that AFC South because uh, the Titans do not yep. <laughs> want to take the lead
4: no. and continue to hold on to it. And listen to this when you talk about changing the culture of a team. These are the streaks that the Jaguars had that they've broken this season: a twenty-game. Uh, skid in out-of-conference games against the NFC, an 18-game road-losing streak. They broke a 14-game road-losing streak against AFC South opponents. They broke an 8-game road-losing streak at Tennessee and a 5-game road-losing streak at the Chargers. And now they go to Houston, and they could do that in a couple of weeks. They've lost nine in a row at Houston. So Doug Peterson has kind of changed their trajectory in one year. He
2: has, and and, and it starts with that, with the confidence from the head coach that he instills in his quarterback. And I think, like I said, the fact that, that Trevor Lawrence played and performed so poorly last year, you needed a, an adult to come help mm-hmm, him, yeah. guide him in the right direction. I think Doug Peterson has done an outstanding job in helping him figure out how to play in the NFL. Thank goodness
4: yes. that, they got rid of Urban Meyer,
1: right? <laughs>
2: yes, indeed. Second down. Well, Randy, I'm going to stay in the AFC South and look at these Tennessee Titans, who are number one right now, but for how long? They're a number one team in the AFC South. They're leading the division. They are 7-7. Seven and seven. Randy, they started out the season 7-3. and three. They've lost four in a row, mm-hmm. and they fired their GM. They have, they have tried to find ways to right the ship. Randy, their quarterback, Ryan Tannehill, had 165 yards passing last game and one one interception. This is a quarterback in the NFL in, the day, in today's day and age where you are going to attempt to throw the ball 30, 40 times for 300, 400-plus yards. He had 165 yards passing. Do you know who his leading receiver was? Who was it? One Derrick Henry. Ooh. The next leading receiver was a tight end. The next leading receiver after that was another tight end. Four catches for Henry. Four four catches for the tight ends. Uh, two catches for the other tight ends What was AJ Brown here? Well, that's team- why I was looking for him on the on the on the roster yeah. and on the. Um, I, I guess he had a DNP, didn't play. Oh, you know what? what? He was catching passes in in Chicago for the Philadelphia <laughs> Eagles. Oh, he's pretty damn good, Randy. <laughs> and you decided <laughs> to trade him, and you gave a quarterback who already struggled passing, getting rid of the best receiver you had on your team. To me. This Tennessee Titan and and I love Mike Vrabel. I love what he is. You know, just how he goes about his day to day business and how he manages his team. But they can't win. You, you remember the scene where where um, what's Rocky's wife name? She told him, "You can't win. win." Yeah, Adrian, you can't win, Rock. This is the <laughs> Titans right yeah. now. They can't win because. They are not they are not structured to be a winning football team. You get rid of your best receiver, your quarterback is struggling passing the ball, you draft a re, a quarterback in the 3rd round in Malik Willis, and now the quarterback has, you know, questions in his mind as to whether or not I'm going to hold the job and for how long, and they have lost four in a row. They are they are trending in the wrong direction and the Jacks are ascending in the correct direction and now Here in the next couple of weeks, I would not be surprised if the Tennessee Titans are sitting at home watching the playoffs and the Jacksonville Jaguars win this division because I don't know what Tennessee
4: is trying to do, Mm -hmm. but it ain't working. they got to figure something out. And taking nothing away from their owner, Amy Adams Strunk, but if it didn't become a fireable offense to fire John Robinson until after A.J. Brown scored three touchdowns against you. Then you have a problem <laughs> above the GM, right? Because what, what has to happen is when the GM comes to you and says, I want to trade A.J. Brown, say, no, you either sign him or we're get, we'll get rid of him rather than – or you rather than him. Well, what are you trading him for? What, a bag of donuts? What are what, what yeah. do we what, – what do you
2: – you have to look at your team and say, we have a quarterback who struggles – we want to get the best receiver that can catch passes, yes. has a has, has a large catch radius, can go get the ball, even if it's not a perfect pass. A.J. Brown is that. And you get rid of A.J. Brown, and now you're looking at an offense that – you know they're going to hand the ball off to Derrick Henry yeah. 20 times a game. Well, guess who also knows that? The defense. And guess what they're going to do? Stick eight guys in the box and say, pass it if you can, and which is why you're throwing the ball to your running backs and your tight ends, because you don't have anyone outside that can impact the game.
4: And A.J. Brown is the Derrick Henry of receivers, and he's going to the Super Bowl. How's
2: calls itself Swole
4: Batman. I
2: like it. <laughs>
4: Pretty good. <laughs> Third down. Carry the Los Angeles Rams loss last night. In I, Green Bay, 24-12. Again? Yeah, yeah, they did. They're not doing well. Yeah, well. they're 4-10. and 10. Uh, uh, They're the first Super Bowl champ to finish with a losing record since the 2002-2003 Buccaneers. But that team, Tampa Bay, actually bounced back and had a winning year two years later. They went 12-4. and four. The Rams are going nowhere next year or the year after. Aaron Donald is hurt and might retire. Matthew Stafford is hurt and might retire. They have no draft choices and they have no cap space. And their coach, Sean McVay, is flirting with television behind the scenes. Was it worth it to win a Super Bowl? Inside the walls of that building, probably. But it's not like the Rams took over the town or get people, got people to attach themselves to the team because of last year. They're going to be bad for a while. And we all know how Los Angeles reacts to bad teams. Kerry, you, you talked about it. The year Kobe got hurt, the Lakers slashed ticket prices. This is their most iconic franchise with 17 championships. And the Lakers slashed ticket prices by 75%. Now... You've got Lincoln Riley at USC. They're back. They're a, an iconic brand in L.A. UCLA is joining USC in the Big Ten. Then the Dodgers or Lakers are still the Dodgers and the Lakers. It's going to be a lean several years in Los Angeles for the Rams. It is.
2: It's going to be some, some tough seasons to figure out how they're going to go about it, trying to win games. As you said, Jalen Ramsey has has seemed to regress. Aaron Donald, when he's playing, doesn't seem as interested Bobby Wagner who is
0: I think 35 30 he's, he's ready he, to start playing Madden on the he's, couch.
2: he's an older gentleman who's still playing well but obviously he his his greatest years are are well beyond mm-hmm. him. Um and and offensively you got so many injuries and so many guys that are Unable to play, Cooper Cup out for the year. Yeah. Uh, Matthew Stafford got a neck injury. You don't even know if he's going to be your quarterback next year. You had two quarterbacks on the roster in in Perkins and and Wolford, Wolford, Wolford. Yeah. And you went out and signed Baker Mayfield and let him play two days later after signing him. They are struggling, and and it is it is showing up in in big ways right now because they they like I said they mortgaged their future for a championship, and I think everyone. That has a ring on that roster Will say hey You know it is what it is But the, the, the rest of the team The guys that are going to be there The Cooper Cups Who will be returning next year He's going to be looking around Like I don't know Who half of these guys are right. They were not here Two years ago What the hell are we doing And
4: let me add One more thing to this It's glorious. It is.
2: (laughs) I mean, it's beautiful. You got to be excited about it. I mean, if St. Louis, wake up.
4: The Rams stink.
2: And And we're all better for it. We're all better for it, right? Sure we are. Fourth down. My fourth down is going to stay in L.A. and and stay with the Los Angeles Chargers. The Los Angeles Chargers, there was a stat, Randy, and I said this to you earlier, and we know it well because we have these two gentlemen on on our fantasy teams. Mike Williams and Keenan Allen played a total of around 46 snaps prior to last week's game together on the field together the entire season. That's how many injuries those two had in and out of the lineup, trying to uh, trying to get healthy, trying to get right. Keenan Allen missed so many weeks. I I, I just you know whatever he he was out he was out since week two yeah. and, and didn't come back until I think around week 13. So. You finally get those guys in the fold, and they make a difference. Justin Herbert is a difference maker, at quarterback. And when you have Mike Williams and Keenan Allen on the outside, those two guys uh, and Austin Eckler, who runs the ball and catches the ball extremely well out of the backfield, you're given a quarterback that could potentially be one of the best quarterbacks in yeah. terms of uh, passing yards and touchdowns because he is on that way, on the way to being that that type of quarterback in his career. You're giving him weapons on the outside and a guy in the backfield that is is able to do those things. Rashawn Slater, the left tackle, is on the mend. He's supposed to be coming back. Joey Bosa, Duran James, are both on the mend. Hopefully, coming back. J.C. Jackson did just get arrested the other night, so mm-hmm. I don't know how that bodes for them. But there are they are a team that if you are looking in the playoffs and 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 a team that you may not want to play come playoff time a team that is fully healthy with, with Nick Bosa coming off the edge and Derwin James roaming that middle of the uh, the, the, the center field in, in, on the defensive end you're going to fear this team and and the only person that you may not fear on this team is the, is the head coach in Brandon yeah, right. because that is the he could be the X factor in whether or not they make a playoff run yep. He makes poor decisions at times and and looks a little bit lost out there as a head coach but they have all of the the, the recipe to be a very good football team and make a deep run in the playoffs.
4: They probably got the worst game that Justin Herbert can give them. No touchdowns, a couple of interceptions, pass rating of 68.9. Oh, by the way, he still threw for 313 yards, (laughs) going 28 to 42. But that's as bad as he can be, and they still won the game against Tennessee. I'm with you. I think if they get healthy, and I thought this at the beginning of the season, I thought they had had the best offseason of anybody, and they've had a lot of injuries. But if they get the two big boys back on the outside, and they get those two defenders that you mentioned back, Khalil Mack's actually playing okay mm-hmm. for him, too. But Bosa and James are huge, and you get those guys back, man, you can do some damage.
2: Yeah, I, I'm I'm, I'm optimistic of what this team can do. Like I said, the only fear that I have is Brandon Staley making yeah. a bonehead mistake, you know, late game, game situations where he doesn't do the right thing i mean last year he proved that he had an opportunity to go to the playoffs and made a bonehead decision and they didn't make it so you know those are are real questions that you have if you're the the chargers franchise and a fan of the chargers but i do believe that they are going to uh have an opportunity to make a run in the playoffs if he just stays out of the way
4: and by the way if the playoffs started today they would play Tennessee again. They'd be at Tennessee. Ah, well, that's a win. Yeah. So win. Not, not win is bad. a win. Tennessee four, won't be there, though. Four downs <laughs> from the NFL coming up. Okay, it's the holiday season. You have the opportunity to give a gift on the St. Louis sports scene to anybody. It can be teams, owners, GMs, players, fans. What would you like to provide somebody? Text 65780. Use the mic drop feature. We'll give you what our gifts are next on 101 ESPN. <laughs>
0: Back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN.
1: Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers.
4: I love giving presents. Love giving presents. Carrie, Randy, Matthew with you. And one of the ones that I was going to give is already here on the uh, bro- the. Uh, Air Comfort Service text line here on 101 ESPN From the 618 For Adam Wainwright, a World Series title in his farewell season And one more at-bat where he hits a home run We uh-huh. tend to forget that in 18 years Adam as won a World Series as a closer mm-hmm. He didn't get to pitch in 2011 because he was injured Then in 2013 they win the World Series, 18 years He's played in three World Series But he doesn't have a championship in the starting rotation So that would be my... Present for Adam Wainwright as well And for many Cardinal fans, not ever But whoever just wants to take the grab bag CD I want them to to have a Cardinal franchise Where they get their wish of getting rid of Bill DeWitt and John Mozilla (laughs) I, I want them to experience that Just so that they can you, you know that that is on someone's list. I know it's on somebody's list, yeah. So <laughs> it, it, this is kind of the grab bag thing, and if you want to just take that off the table, that can be yours. All you need to do next season is follow the Cincinnati Reds. <laughs> there you go.
2: <laughs> For me, I'm going to gift Wilson Contreras earplugs <laughs> because there's going to be a time next season where he's going to be un-yachty-like, and he's going to hear about it. And so I want to. He he doesn't need them every day, but when when he does, when the fans are gnawing at him and and they're foaming at the mouth and they're angry and they're frustrated because he threw a snap throw to first base and it may have been a little bit errant and got into right field, he's gonna need those earplugs because people are gonna be on the on the on the airwaves and on the text machine. Talking crap about Wilson Contreras. Just plug the earplugs in, baby, we, we, and, and move on to the
4: next day. That's a great gift.
2: That's, that's from me to you, Wilson, if you're listening.
4: Yeah, very nice. <laughs> and uh, for Doug Armstrong, another $5 million in cap room, please. Oh, okay. Yeah, he, yeah. yeah he could, he'd really do that. He deserves that. Where would he, where, would he, where, where would he allocate that money? I think for, the first thing not. he'd do is go to Ryan O'Reilly and say, hey, you know, it, we, we're not doing seven and a half, but we might do four and a half to have you as our number three center. I just thought of a couple of really petty ones. Like okay, I like petty ones. ones. Let's go. Petty's dang. good. They are I hate
6: myself dang. for this, but I'm going to do it. Uh, I would give Tory Krug two inches and 30
4: pounds. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> well, why don't we just give every guy two inches?
6: <laughs> ah! I would also, uh, I, I, I would somehow, I would give Colton Braco a, a new spine. <laughs>
2: Oh, oh man, and that is petty.
6: That's I, just, cheese, I right. care about the guy. You saying because he's spineless? Or are you saying because no, he has a back I'm injury? saying because there's the, he's clearly not 100, percent and it's been like I'm that for it. a couple years. I want to get I'm the guy it. healthy. Let's let's figure out if we can get that like adamantium skeleton from like Wolverine and X Men here over here in oh. St. Louis. I feel like that'd be a good Christmas gift for the guy. No more pain when he gets out of bed. You know how that feels. I do. I'm feeling now, for him. I would I would wish that the, for the myself. The crew one was much pettier. I don't know why you guys are giving just me just wait like up baby for that one. The crew was much pettier. <laughs> Texas has only two. <laughs> oh, see,
3: that's even worse. You guys are
6: mean. I'm just the guy's a great power play. Like, he's helping. was great on the PK. Right. I think this one has gone just yeah, right yeah, over yeah, your you, head. You, you. I know. I'm aware. I'm aware. No, I'm just trying to. Michelle's not here anymore. Someone's got to try to keep us down a straight right, and narrow and not us get us right, fired. Keep us. Keep us on I'm, a straight I'm, path, I'm, I'm on. I'm on.
4: Don't get fired, <laughs> duty from the five seven three. My wish for St. Louis sports is that for CD and. Michelle's Illini to go on a deep run and win the national championship this spring. Oh, man. Randy, let yeah. me tell you something. <laughs> By the <laughs> way, the texture says, I got to go gargle with salt now. Merry Christmas.
2: <laughs> Randy, let me tell you something. I, I said this, if the Illini football team had kept winning football games I would have been unbearable in here if the basketball team which has been a number one seed in in recent Mm -hmm. years has won the Big Ten in recent years and can't find a way to make it out of the second round uh, I will be it, it will be nauseating Rock, Mizzou fans I hope you are, you just, you, I will gift you all the earplugs that I'm Carey, gifting I Wilson Contreras. Carrie,
6: I don't care if it's negative six degrees on Friday morning. If Mizzou beats Illinois in the Bragging Rights on Thursday <laughs> night, I'm going to be outside your house at six o'clock Listen, in the morning with a Mizzou bullhorn. No lie. A
2: few years ago, one of my good friends bet me a Mizzou versus the Bragging Rights game, Mizzou versus Illinois, and the bet was whoever lost had to wear the opposing team's uh, colors, had to wear the sweatshirt. I literally, as soon as the, I didn't wait till the next day or a few days later i literally drove to that man's house right after the game gave him my Illini sweatshirt and took a picture of him so I could post it on the internet on, on social media
6: that night it was like 11 o'clock at night if I had any real confidence <laughs> I'd be like I'd be like loser on Thursday night still has to drive into work on Friday morning because it's going to be oh, the worst yeah, thing in I'm the not world I have no confidence that. in that though I'm not
4: taking that <laughs> time, win or lose yeah, and, and you'll appreciate this one time Bradford and Denario Alexander had a bet on a Mizzou Oklahoma game mm. loser had to wear the other guy's jersey so Denario gets a number 14 Bradford Mizzou jersey made up oh, really? and Bradford had to wear it all week oh <laughs> man <laughs> yeah. How about this from the 636 I'd give the Battle Hawks An opening day sellout I think that'd be awesome That's a really yes, nice gift That is a good gift We're just lower bowl right now Yeah Not, not upper Right but yeah we'll, If we could put 66,000 in there That'd be awesome. Randy, it would be, Randy. We we
6: were talking about this off air uh, over my weekend trip when I was in Detroit. I was like, you know what? Well, why that? You know, this isn't that much bigger than St. Louis. Why can't we have more than two sports teams? They got four, and your answer was billionaire. So I'm gifting Dr. Richard Schaef. It's a nice billionaire pal for him to bring an NBA team oh, to St. Nice. Louis. I with. like that's, that. that. That's, that's my gift for I, St. Louis. Would buy,
2: I would buy season tickets if, it, if, if, if we had an NBA team here. I would. They now they would probably stink. Yeah, for the
6: first. You think year I'm pumping up the first season of the MLS team? Oh, baby, I <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah, would be you going. And you all would have to listen to us talk NBA. I'd be pulling NXT. Jackson. <laughs> I'd be pulling Jackson. I'm mad. <laughs> well, I'd, be I'd be pulling Jackson, Jackson Burkett in okay.
4: here at, at you know 9:45 for like NBA crossover <laughs> segments before they came on. I was at a Christmas party last night talking to people who do this kind of thing, that told me that. Studies show, polls and surveys in St. Louis show that by an overwhelming majority, St. Louis people would rather have an NBA team than another NFL team. There you go. Doesn't surprise so me at all. Are we playing
6: Silent Night here, by the way? I'm just rolling some little Christmas music okay. in the background. He's got, he
4: got the fire
6: like, blazing on the, on the computer. Yeah, screen. That's there. I just, wanted to, oh, I just wanted to say, you know, we're giving <laughs> out Christmas Send presents. The we're moods. thinking of it's nice. <laughs> I wanted to be happy. and That's the way it should be. Try to over... You know, overrule me being a really a mean to the Blues more earlier uh,
4: from from the two one seven. As a Cubs fan, we've already given St. Louis a Christmas present in the form of Wilson Contreras. I'm counting that as your Christmas present, your birthday, your Easter present, etc. Well, thank you, Chicago. Uh, we bought that. that
6: ourselves. How is that your Christmas present to us? Yeah, they get They're, they're it's Chicago. Don't worry about it entitlement
4: <laughs> from those yeah, uh, from those lake people <laughs> I'd like to get Sean McVeigh a razor from the 314 it's not Miami Vice era anymore either shave or grow the beard <laughs> maybe it is fully grown yeah. maybe that's that's all he
6: can get oh here's a good one Randy 636 I give Brett Bielema a five star QB commit oh mm-hmm. now I would I would yeah. gladly take that
2: gladly i don't know where he's going to come from but you that know what? Would be awesome. we'll
6: do a little Sophie's choice here on on, on Christmas you can choose a five star commit to either the Illinois basketball or football team
2: oh five star committing
6: basketball is going to have a Difference greater maker. impact yep.
2: than a than a than a football player it's, he's one of 11. you get a five star basketball that a guy that can really go he can I would say basketball because that would change that can take you right through the roof but right if now it,
4: if it's a quarterback though.
2: Yeah, yeah, but he's still got to have somebody yeah, to throw yes, to.
4: But if you like a Caleb Williams-type talent?
2: That, well, then then you will. He is a difference maker, and kids will want to come play as, yeah.
4: with him. So, yeah, maybe. A yep. couple of other ones from the 618, and I like this one a lot. I'd like to give Tyler O'Neal health. I'd really like to see what he could do with a fully healthy season. I agree. That that would be good to see. And he's in town. I know he listens every day. So, uh, we're wishing Tyler O'Neill health wishing for 20, healthy 2023. healthy hamstrings. Yeah. Strengthen and lengthen. Did you call the hamstring guy, that, by the way? It's I did not. A, I he's, forgot.
2: He's I, I got to give, your, I gotta give him a call because I, I do need to see him. My my, my body is all
4: banged up. So ejected. I've got a friend. I'll, we'll let you in on this. I've got a buddy that I went to high school with who's a great massage therapist who essentially saved Isaac's career mm-hmm. when Isaac had hamstring injuries in 1997 to mm-hmm. 1998. And this guy was able to keep him going. And uh, so I, I think he can help Tyler O'Neill. And I know he can help CD. I would definitely give him a call. Yeah. Uh, from the three one four, I'd give Tyler O'Neill a thirty pack of beer and a McDonald's gift card. You can't pull fat.
2: This <laughs> true. Well, not, actually it's not true. You can't. <laughs> <laughs> you can't. Ask any retired NFL player that gets up and tries to sprint that is thirty pounds heavier than they were when they played. You can definitely pull some some something that is not muscle. I've been there, done that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, trust All right.
4: me. Hey, we appreciate your texts, and uh, we'll try to get back to this later in the show. Thank you very much. Yes.
2: There's a text that said they would gift me a LeBron jersey. You remember when LeBron left Cleveland? Remember yeah, what they yeah, did? Yeah. Which one they do you want,
6: Kerry? Do you want Miami, yeah, well, yeah.
4: Cleveland, L.A.? Yep.
2: I, you know, I was a Miami. I, I like the Miami team. Yep. Yeah, I like the Miami did. version of, yeah, of LeBron. Did.
4: I did. By the way, from the 618. I a Wade fan, though. Yeah, Randy wishing all men get that and not just him is the most unselfish thing I've ever heard. <laughs>
2: You're of, you are a man of the people, Randy. I've be, been trying to tell you by the people, way, this such, <laughs> <Women too, apparently. laughs> <laughs> such an innocuous
6: comment. Such an innocuous comment. There you go. <laughs> How did you take it
4: there? <laughs> <laughs> take it or leave <laughs> it is coming your way next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the
6: opening
0: drive podcast on 101 ESPN.
1: Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. It's time for Take It or Leave It. Want to say
0: something? We'll put it out there. If you like it, you can take it. If you don't, set it right back. Your text
1: into 65780 and give us your take it or leave it. Brought to you by Gloria Lou Realty. Visit GloriaHasTheBuyers.com and start packing. That's my final author. Take it or leave it.
4: you text into the Air Comfort Service, text line 65780. How we get to some of the things we get to during breaks in this show is beyond me. But at one point earlier today, <laughs> Kerry was singing all of the U.S. presidents from number one on in order. Had to stop right before Abraham Lincoln. Who would you mess up at at 15? James Buchanan. Yeah, there you go. Yeah,
2: I, I used to, it was a song we were taught in like first or second grade. Okay. It's crazy the
4: things you remember. Take it or leave it. If I gave you 24 hours, you could do all 46 in order. I'll take it.
2: Really? Yeah. I'm impressed. Because once I get... past the sticking
4: point and remember. Uh-huh. I would I would be able to go on here and and give you all of them. See, I could never do it. I yeah. well I shouldn't say never, but I couldn't do it in twenty four hours. I wouldn't be yeah. able to pull that well,
2: off. it off. Well, it's just remembering the the song. It was a song. Yeah. It was, George Washington, John Adams, mm-hmm. Thomas Jefferson, James Madison, James Monroe, John Quincy Adams, Andrew Jackson, Martin Van Buren, William Henry Harrison, John Tyler, James Polk, Taylor.
6: They literally feel more frankly. There's no way. There's no way with yeah. forty eight hours I could I, I, I couldn't could, in, in order, I could make I don't think I could list just the names of all forty six. I think I'd forget one of the first, like thirteen. I can go if you take me back to names.
4: FDR. On I can do all I'm of good them there. But, yeah, I'm good there. I, I think everybody's got problems like between sixteen and probably twenty five or something.
2: Shout like out that. to Jury Elementary. Uh, well, there you I go, don't yeah. remember which teacher taught us that, but she was impressive. president. Hogan Hogan, maybe okay, yeah. Mrs. Hogan. You were Miss Hogan at, at Jury Elementary, or you're a family member? Shout, Shout out! out. <laughs> Shout out to her. <laughs>
6: I we, think mean, that was you know, oh, we might the ha- music teacher's name. might have. This might have to be a show thing. <laughs> we might have to do like the presidents, like the states. I can do the states see, too. See, okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. The, the I can, can people- do the states in, I've been in, to. In, in, in if I give you, you a blank. If I give. If I know. If I give you a blank map, could you fill in all the states? Yeah. Okay. I
2: yeah. Could. I, I. So I <laughs> geography. I, I was generally good. with. Okay. But history? Yeah. No. I, I, you were asking who was the president at, at during, during World War Two. Yeah, who? How the hell would I know? Man. That is
6: that is a that is a basic is piece Franklin of knowledge. Roosevelt? Yeah, yeah, that is, that is FDR. Basic piece of knowledge for you. <laughs> you know <what? laughs> I asked you who dropped the atomic
2: bombs. Yeah. Good question. Yes, he Truman. I had the the, the 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 when you go to the Spanish American War and the 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 what other great war? How many wars were there? There were so many wars uh, I couldn't uh, keep you know, up. Great wars, World War One, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I, well, yeah. I see. I thought it was something different.
4: What time?
1: <laughs> did, did, did,
4: did either of you? of guys about the oppression?
6: Yeah. Uh, I'm
4: <laughs> that neither of you guys ever got an F, right? Uh, you would be wrong. Oh, um,
6: okay. I got
4: actually like on a
6: report card or a, like a paper or
4: something. And no, in a class on a report card, like a full grade. Yeah, because no, like no, in college, I, I took an art, an art history class, and I might have gotten a zero. It was that <laughs> hard for me, so I, I, I failed it miserably. Randy, my my first semester
2: in college, my grade point average was like a one point two. I had some classes you that got I, me beat, man. I was oh, I I definitely thought I was gonna flunk out. <laughs> They gave me seven books in one class to read. What the hell do you think I'm going to do with this? Read it when? There and the books were, were, I wish they were so thick. Like 700 page books. You want me to read what? When do you think I have time to read this book? I'm not going to... I can't. I got practice. Why did you put me in this class? Academic advisor? It's a freshman
4: fresh out of high school. I don't know this. uh, I didn't have the football (laughs) advantage. So at the end of of the, the art history class, the teacher says, all the answers are in the book. I said... There's a book for this class? <laughs> <laughs> Study hard, kids. You'll do well in oh, life. Lord. Okay,
6: we got it. Let's get some of these. Take it or leave it. The Cardinals should trade for Max Kepler and give Moses Go- Moises Gomez a chance in the outfit along with Jordan Walker and the outfield along with Jordan Walker. Sure, take
4: it, yeah.
2: yeah I, I'm going to leave it. I, I I think the Cardinals have a great plan for this outfield. We just have not seen it
6: just yet. Take it or leave it. If Lamar Jackson got a number 1 or even just a high-end number 2, he would be the best quarterback in
4: the entire league. I'm going to leave it, but man, it would change things dramatically for him. But I do think, Gary, and we've kind of touched on this, schematically they need to change things to get receivers into better spots yes. on the field for him, too.
2: Yeah, they're going to have to figure some things out. Um, yeah, I don't know if it, if it means changing offensive coordinators or changing the philosophy, but... He has to get some guys that are open that he can go through his progression and, and not have. There are multiple times where you have mo- same two or three receivers in the same vicinity. Mm-hmm. That's not great offense either. It's it's either you're running the routes wrong, you're either coaching it or you're allowing it. You're either coaching that up to be that way or you're allowing those guys to continue to be in the wrong spots, which either way is not good.
4: By the way, fans are passionate. Apparently after games they've been running down Greg Roman as he goes to his car screaming expletives at him in Baltimore.
6: Huh? Is he running away? He's going right to his car. He's certainly not passing it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> take it or leave it. The Cardinals' best chance to win championships in new era in the new era of spending in Major League Baseball is for DeWitt to sell the owner is sell to a deep, owner with deeper pockets or to one who isn't afraid to put the massive revenue back into the team.
4: Yeah, I'll take it. But if you find that guy that is willing to lose money on a franchise, then you're you've got. You've got something golden. Peter Seidler's doing that, by the way, in San Diego. But there's not many people who get into a business to lose money.
2: Nah. And and I think that is the important aspect to remember. It is a business. For the people that own it, it is, It's entertainment for everyone else But the people that own it are, are in business And the business is always yep. To make more money
4: than you're losing But I do want to see it because as, as I've mentioned before In the last decade plus The top two teams in payroll Every single year Have been the Dodgers and the Yankees And the Yankees haven't been to a World Series And the Dodgers only won during the pandemic year So money does not necessarily Equate to winning in baseball in or all, any other sport
6: and in all things in sports yes what the, what the potter is doing now is
4: great but again what happens when he gets tired of losing money Yep. and I do I desperately want to see those fans that don't like what they're seeing from the Cardinals right now deal with having to go 70 and 92 for four or five straight years I'm
6: gonna put, put Jeffrey Laurie on a nice little bow under their Christmas yeah, tree
4: alright there you go that's the guy Jeffrey Laurie, Bob Castellini uh, Bob Nutting a guy who will take some of that revenue sharing money and put it right in his pocket it'll be funny. I'd enjoy enjoy seeing it. Although they wouldn't. uh, I'm guessing that if they get to 70 and 92, all of a sudden the best fans of baseball aren't the best fans of baseball
6: anymore. (laughs) Take it it or leave it. All the cold is worth it if we get a white Christmas. Oh, (sighs) Not, not,
4: not all the cold. I mean, I, it's gonna be it's gonna be white a white Christmas, but it's gonna be look, slushy. It's snow look is, on your guys' faces of
6: no, no snow God, is no. is a
2: beautiful thing when you're like ten and under, but when you have to get outside and shovel mm-hmm. said snow out mm-hmm. of the driveway so that you can mm-hmm. go about your day and your normal life, it is awful, man. Like it is, it is awful. I've been shoveling driveways since I was like twelve years I'm old, sorry, man. But what, I, what?
6: It's I've, unnecessary. Waking up to try, I, I gotta go try to find a, a a loaf of bread or an or an egg somewhere in this city, and and that's that's gonna be a tall task at this point.
2: Walgreens well, <laughs> so, so, uh, is generally
4: uh, always open, so you really like that French bread or uh, French <laughs> toast, huh? Uh,
6: apparently, St. Louis just lives off that hey, stuff when it know, gets a little
4: chilly. I, I've told I don't know if I've ever told you. I think Matthew, you do this. So my wife sends me to the store on March whatever thirteenth, the day pan, the, the pandemic started, and the the world closed down. I'm at Costco, and everybody, I mean, there were. 500 people in the store. I'm the only one that doesn't have toilet paper. But I have two <laughs> giant things of ribeyes. I, I, I've got like eight ribeyes so, and I got all this canned food for, um, for like tuna salad and chicken salad and stuff like that. But and I got, I loaded up on ribeyes and broccoli, <laughs> so I, that's how I was prepared. I, I was thinking, oh, you know, this is no big deal. Uh, and the ribeyes were delicious, but man, the the toilet paper thing astounded me. That was I to the I need yeah. someone to text in the six
2: five seven eight zero and tell me why you all were taking all of the toilet paper. What was the purpose? Yeah. Because I mean. I, we all, I same believe, group. have
6: running water in our home.
2: If, same, if it got that bad, just yeah, hop in shower. Yeah. Same
6: people, same people. I swear, to you, the same people who are hoarding toilet paper are the same people who were willing to wait three hours in line for the Popeyes chicken sandwich. It's the same yeah. people. I, you know what? It's Rob, the same people. You, you may have a point
4: there. I, I just some wrong. I just, something wrong. wrong, we, really, wrong up there. we
2: really felt like the world was coming to an end, didn't we? So <laughs> I
6: talked
3: to a guy. <laughs> who,
4: we did. Uh, a, a guy who uh, ran a, a large store chain here in town. Who said that people literally had toilet paper stacked up in their living cool. room? Yeah. And when things bounced back to reasonably normal, they tried to return the toilet paper. And the <laughs> store said, "Well, no, we don't take toilet I
6: mean, there paper." There's a lot back. of stories about people no, who, they, were, like, who like bought like a bunch of like hand sanitizer, and, and then tried to oh, fit it to, it, yeah, and yeah, it didn't yeah, work, yeah. and they were left with just yeah. an ungodly
2: amount. Yeah, unreal. Randy, my, uh, my my class that I struggled with uh, in college was uh, astronomy, Ooh, yeah. and 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 I would assume that it was probably I I may have thought the entire time it was astrology, and therefore oh. I, <laughs> I just I,
7: I had
5: no okay. talking
6: about. Trust me, I didn't yeah, know what. what
5: I was. I was just
6: sitting in there like, what? Trust me, I also struggled with with, with <laughs> astrology in college. A girl would go, "I'm a Capricorn," and
4: I would walk away. <laughs> so, but it, here's the thing. All due respect to the astronomers out there, but the people who were able to figure out that there was, like, a person in the shape of those stars, they were on drugs. You think?
2: Yeah. They, they, there's no doubt they, about they it. They had taken something prior yeah, to the yeah.
0: Whoa! <laughs> Look at that! It's a dipper! <laughs> Is there any doubt? Is there any doubt? No,
4: there's, there's no doubt.
0: It's the big one. There's the small yeah. one.
4: <laughs> Coming up, a 5-1 win for the Blues last night over the Vancouver Canucks. And uh, if you... Didn't get a chance to see you You went to bed Uh, We'll give you some of the highlights Coming up next on 101 ESPN
0: You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast On 101 ESPN
1: Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers
0: A fresh perspective on the day's top
1: stories It's the Opening Drive's Fresh Take Brought to you by Schnucks Rewards It pays to shop at Schnucks Download the Schnucks Rewards app today
5: Met there by Micaiah, but Tarasenko gets it into the slot and Letty grabbed it, shot it, save. Comes back to Kairou, he scores! Pass over to Kairou, down low to Tarasenko. Tarasenko to Kairou, he scores! Jordan Kairou, under the bar on the blocker's side. A power play goal and it's four to one, St. Louis. His first pass is blocked, he comes back with a second one. Down to Thomas, they shoot, they score!
4: Jordan Kairou! If you've got a hat, chuck it at your radio. Jordan Cairo with a hat trick. Vladimir Tarasenko had three assists for the Blues. The other goals last night in a 5-1 win over Vancouver from uh, Dub and from Robert Thomas. Jordan Binnington was terrific. The Blues were outshot in the game, 34-27. But, uh, Kerry, one of the things that we've talked about as the Blues struggled during the course of the first part of the season, when they have struggled, special teams have played a big role. Last night, the Blues go 2-3 for on the power play, and Vancouver goes 0 for 4 on the power play. So the PK appears to be back a little bit. By the way, thanks to uh, Jeremy Rutherford, because we talked about how after the eight-game losing streak, the Blues were averaging a little over two goals a game. JR reports that since November 9th, the Blues are sixth in the league in goals per game at three percent Five, two. So the scoring has come back dramatically uh, to from two yeah. to three and a half since uh, November 9th.
2: Yeah, and, and I think the last few games they've done a better job of not allowing goals to be scored as well. There was there a period where there those 10 games where they had given up 49 goals, so that's 4.9 goals a game. And when you're losing, when you're struggling... You're you're not playing good defense, I, and and so I think that the the penalty kill and not allowing goals when they're shorthanded has definitely uh, been one of the things that is has made this team better. And I, I I said this last week, you know I think that the fact that they are able to kill penalties it allows them to be a little bit more aggressive. Where you know I felt like earlier in the year they didn't want to get a penalty because they weren't so they weren't good at the penalty kill, so they weren't aggressive enough. And now they're being more aggressive, and it's allowing them to say, hey, if we do get a penalty, I know our team can can stop them from getting a goal. So I think all those things kind of tie hand in hand and, and what you're seeing from this team is a team playing with more effort, playing with more energy and there's a star that is starting the show out uh, in Jordan Cairo. Five goals in the last couple of games. He's playing outstanding and it's fun
4: to watch. And so with Kyrou's uh, with success the Blues... The number of the day
0: who could ask
4: for more? The number of the day is... 4! Yeah, four in a row. Go for five in a row tonight, and uh, they'll take on the Seattle Kraken. Eight o'clock pregame, nine o'clock face-off. Matthew,
6: I'm sorry, count, but that's a dumb question. Who could ask for more Blues fans? Give us Indeed. five. Give us five. I'm sorry, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, count. You're good. You're a good yeah, counter, yeah. but it's a dumb question. You're on a winning streak.
4: All right, you guys. Here you go.
6: The number of the day scheduled to arrive. The number of the day
0: is. Five. That'll be tomorrow. Scheduled Schedule to arrive. To arrive. Uh, I like
2: that. What? Scheduled to arrive. Right. Yeah. The count might have been on to We were we had very good programs as as young young lads. Yeah, we did. We yeah. were kind of we, we
4: we took that for granted. We did. Uh, but those if you watch
2: do. what these kids watch now. You, you would understand.
4: I am not sure <laughs> what the blues are are going to be, and I, I wish I could figure them out. I don't think anybody rationally. Can I think that we can make predictions, but I think I'm at a stage now where I'm not going to predict anymore with this team because I really don't know. I, I I would love to say that hey yeah everything's going to be cool and they're going to go to Seattle and win and then they're going to even if they go to Vegas and lose you get Toronto at home you get the Blackhawks at home you get Minnesota at home will I be surprised if they come home and lose all three of those? No, I won't.
2: <sighs> Randy, I was feeling so well, feeling so good. This morning, and then you come in with the with the negative thoughts.
4: That's not negative. It's just, it's just logical. We, we,
2: it's true. You're not wrong. You're not wrong at all because, as I said, I asked you yesterday when we first got in here, the first segment of the day, who is this team? Who are yeah, they? Yeah. What are they? Who are they? And, and what can we expect? And from night to night, we, I, I just want, you know what I want? <clears throat> I do like the winning streaks, obviously, but... I would like for it to be. I want an even kill team. Don't don't give me a, a, a team that has the peaks and valleys. And this team has been that this year. We're hoping that this winning streak is something that you know is is they're trending in the right direction. But we've seen this before. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know how you you decipher exactly who this team is because there there have been some some peaks and some valleys. And and from from game to game, yep. from I would say from. I guess five to six games to five to six games. You you really don't know what you're gonna get. Here's the
4: one thing about the last five though, last six games, you lose uh, five games. You lose three two in overtime to Colorado. Mm-hmm. Acceptable, even though Colorado was really severely diminished. I
2: don't like but that loss
4: though. You got a point out of it. I don't
2: either because because you, you
4: were winning. Yep, you had the and chance. You had a chance yep. to
2: win that game in regulation right. prior to the to going to overtime.
4: But you didn't allow four or five Correct. goals. Right. So. I'll I'll take the point. I don't love it, but I'll mm-hmm. take it and move on. But then you get a one nothing win over Nashville. You get a and that was OT. You get a 4-3 shootout win over Edmonton. If you can allow only 3 goals to Edmonton, you've accomplished something. Then you win 5-2 against Calgary and Calgary has scores on their team. Then you win 5-1 last night. The one thing that's happening with these wins is that you're not allowing a ton of goals. The defense yeah. appears to be stepping up and <laughs> whether or not that's going to happen over the long term. But you look at the first eight-game losing streak. They allowed four, three, six, seven, five, five, three, five goals. They were allowing a ton of goals in those games. And what Craig Berube wants is first and foremost to play great defense and then the offense and the creativity to be a product of the great defense. And it seems like they are doing a better job. And by the way, Jordan Cairo is kind of like the poster boy for this of learning to play and Playing the 200 foot game,
2: and that's so important for your team. It's one of the things you you learn as a as a young athlete is it's not about you, it's about the team, and making sure that we all are working in unison to to give our all for the best and for the sake of the team. And I think right now, when you see what Jordan Kyrie was doing, he's showing you, a he's showing you the ability that he has to to score the puck. He is phenomenal in in that regard. But b he's also showing you that I can also be a good teammate. And I can I can give assists. I can come back and play defense and 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 check and do the things that are required for me to to help my team win games. And when your best player is playing that way, everyone else mm-hmm. falls in line. And right now, Jordan Kyrou is their best player.
4: He's scoring the most goals. I feel like he's
2: one. He's the best player right now for them.
4: And people can take or leave the plus minus stat because it, it's not a be all end all. But in the previous six games to the four game winning streak, the Blues have had. Kyrou was a minus player. Minus three, minus two, minus two, minus one, minus one, minus one. In the four-game winning streak, he's been plus one, plus three, plus one, plus one. So uh, he's on the ice for more goals than the Blues are allowing. Mike Claiborne joins us next year on 101 ESPN.
0: You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN.
1: Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers.
4: Randy Carricker, The Opening Drive on 101 ESPN. Kerry and our friend Mike Claiborne do so many great things for the community. And uh, I I know Kerry was busy over the weekend. Mike and I had a chance to be involved with the Demetrius Johnson Charitable Foundation Christmas Party. Lots of kids were gifted with toys that they ordinarily would not have had during the holiday season. And uh, it was great to see Michael there. Good morning, sir. How are you doing?
3: I'm doing well. Yeah, you know, it was good to see uh, the kids and the families there. But I get a chance to catch up with some of my buds who I don't see as much, man. And uh, th- that was fun because I think between you, me, Mike Jones, J.C., we solved all the problems of the football world. <laughs> we sure did. <laughs> on, on Sunday. We, we, we figured a whole lot of things out, but it, it was good. And, you know, uh, our, our, our good friend DJ, he's he's fighting a little battle right now, and you know, and then Howard Richards showed up. And, it, you know, we, we want to make sure we're there for him and certainly for all the good things that he's been able to do over the last 30 years.
2: Hey, Claves, when do you sleep? You you are at events, seemed like, every every other night. Uh, you, you're a man of the people. You and Randy are are, are, are are one of a kind. When do you sleep, sir? It seems like you're always busy running around helping everyone.
3: Well, you know what, Carrie, uh My significant asked me about that the other day. She said, now, you know, there's a thing called sleepy. <laughs> Try <laughs> trying to take care from time to time. <laughs> uh, you know what? This is my time of the year, man. And I think COVID has had a lot to do with it. Everybody's got some event or a party or a charity function. And because we haven't done it in the last couple of years, everybody has one. And, and I, it's hard for me to say no to certain people. And so I'll figure out sleeping when I get to Florida.
4: <laughs> <laughs> hey, Mike, we're going to talk to Ali Marmol in about an hour here on 101 ESPN. And uh, Kerry's going to ask him about this first full offseason. And I think we as fans, we kind of think that um, managers, and they used to be able to essentially take the offseason off. It's not that way anymore, is it?
3: No, no, and especially for him. You think I move around? You should ask him <laughs> what his offseason has been like. And he's got two little ones as well. Uh, and we we were together. I guess it was Friday, and we were just talking about all right, what's next for you? And he was telling me his his schedule, and I'm like, and they think I'm running around too much. So, <laughs> uh, but but here's the thing, though. I think is important, and and you got strategy in baseball is going to change. And with a new staff as far as bench coaching, hitting coaches, uh, there's got to be a lot of conversation, and they're going to have to have their own little mini camp or spring training to kind of get on point about how they're going to approach some things because, uh, you know, these rule changes are the most dramatic we've seen in years. And if you think you can manage this year like you did last year, then this could be your last year of managing. Not necessarily Ollie. But I think there's some managers who might be asleep at the wheel and think, oh, yeah, we'll do it like we've always done. Well, no, you haven't always done it this way because you're teaching a whole new generation of players who don't know what the shift looks like without it, the game looks like without a shift. Uh, you're talking about players who have never, you know, and I'll give you a good example, uh, Giovanni Gallegos, we talked about him before, how slow he works. What are pitchers doing in the offseason to to shorten their delivery. You know, you're in the backyard with a clock out there trying to figure out, okay, uh, I've got to cut my delivery from 28 seconds down to 14 seconds. You know, if you're a hitter, you know, how do you make sure that you don't have to step out of the box every time and adjust your gloves and get your timing? There's so many little things that players are going to have to do, but managers and coaches are going to have to do the same
4: thing. Hey, Mike, one other thing that I would be inclined to do if I were a major league franchise Hire Vince Coleman to teach base stealing.
3: Hallelujah! <laughs> Hallelujah! Hey, cl- you know what? And I know that right before the uh, pandemic, the Cardinals and Vince had kicked some tires on some things. Um, how you don't have him part of your organization is a mystery to me, because this is this is one of the few guys who, and you know, him, Randy Vince Coleman took that Lou Brock scientific approach. Yep, to steal bases. And how you don't have him on your staff in some way, shape, or form, whether it's working with the big leaguers early and sticking around and working with the minor leaguers is, is a mystery to me because I think he's going to be invaluable.
2: Hey, Clay, you talked about the pitch clock and the banning of the shift. How much more offense do you think that this is going to provide for the game of baseball? And do you think that that brings more of the casual fans to baseball because there, there should be more runs being scored?
3: Well, Kerry, um, everybody likes scoring. In every capacity, okay? And I think the only reason why we talk about soccer in the manner that we have here the last 24 hours is because we saw six goals scored in a game. And I think the same applies uh, in baseball or whatever sport. And if you have more scoring, I think you're going to have more people showing up. And if you have more people running the bases, like we just talked about, maybe stealing bases or going from first to third and things of that nature, That's going to create a a, a greater interest. So I I think it's incumbent upon people within the game to make sure they they really expound on that a a great deal and really make sure this is going to be who we are. Okay, yeah, we can hit home runs, but you tell me somebody who doesn't like watching a guy go from first to third or first to home or stealing a base, then I'll tell you a person who doesn't really care about baseball in the first place.
2: Hey, Claves, I, I felt that the Cardinals are, are comfortable where they are in the outfield. Um, there has been, you know, Jordan Walker, I think, will be here sooner than later. Um, they, they feel comfortable with, with a healthy Tyler O'Neill and and believe that Dylan Carlson can can come back and do some things. What are your thoughts on that? Do you think they still need to look at, at potentially grabbing another outfielder?
3: Yeah, I do. Uh, I like to have a little bit more of a, of a veteran presence in the outfield or a veteran presence on the team and I I say outfield, maybe there's another guy on the infield, but I don't know how much he's going to play unless he can play outfield as well. Uh, You know, and and I'd like to have another veteran in the bullpen. You know, that's where I really think the Cardinals, if, if there's one area that I would like to see an improvement, it would be a guy with closing experience in the bullpen who's been there, done that. Because the way the game is played today and as much offense as we're going to see, You're going to need another guy in the seventh inning to come in and and put the fire out if you want to keep a guy like Helsley fresh. You're going to need a guy who can settle some of the young guys down about how this game is going to work from the sixth inning on. Uh, Now, who is that guy? I don't know if he's he's there as we speak. You may have to make a trade for him. Cardinals have enough assets right now that they can make a trade for just about anything or anyone. They just don't want to give it up for the wrong person or a short-term situation. So there's still some work to do. I think we'll see more activity after, after the holidays. I think everybody's kind of checked out for now as far as making deals. But I think that there's still some work to do when you go into spring training.
4: All right, Mike Claiborne, one more thing, and you can hop into the trust tree with us. You already won the Burns Bragg Award at the MACU. You're in the Missouri Sports Hall of Fame, so you can go trust tree with us. Carrie and I both admitted earlier that we had flunked classes, whether it was at the Andres High School or at Fisk University. Did Mike Claiborne ever flunk a class?
3: The answer is no, only because there was a guy that I went to school with who was a bully, (laughs) and he and I got... He and I got in a fight, and let's just put it this way: he he ended up with the, with the bronze medal, okay. And there was a teacher, there was a teacher who despised him so much. And I was going to flunk this class. There's no doubt about it. I, it, it was an English class, and we were studying. It, I believe it was Charles Milton, and the only Milton I ever cared about was Milton Burrow. All right, so uh, he and I. <laughs> the only reason why I passed that class was because of a fight I had with a guy, and I'm not trying to tell you that I'm I'm a I'm a great fighter, but I I will tell anybody who knows me knows I detest bullies,
4: mm-hmm. and I'd
3: had enough of him, and and so when I'm a, I know I'm gonna flunk this class, and so all of a sudden. <laughs> I get a, I get a C-minus. <laughs> Sounds like the teacher was tired hey, hey, of so him, it. too. <laughs> he was tired of him. Apparently, he was more tired of him than I was. So, uh, he, so when I saw him and he said, that's for, and I won't mention the person's name, he said, that's for so-and-so. And I looked at him and I was like, well, damn, let me go find somebody else. That can jack up somebody here. <laughs>
4: Get that up to an A. <laughs>
3: <Exactly>. <laughs> hey, I might have been a valedictorian if I'd have kept that
4: up. <laughs> exactly. No doubt. So uh, one more thing, Claves, it's going to be a high of six degrees here in St. Louis on uh, Friday. Are you going to be here? Uh, yes, unfortunately. Oh, oh man. <laughs> Wait, I got news for you. An upset. We have
3: a couple more of those, and, and Jupiter Floor will see me sooner than they thought.
4: I figured that was going to be the case. <laughs> hey, Oh, you-,
3: uh, you know what, man? So I am going grocery shopping today. And, you know, when it gets that cold, I don't even walk past a window, let alone go outside. I do. You know, I've already made a deal with my dog. I'm going to cut out a piece of carpet and say, here you go. We're not going outside. <laughs>
4: That's a good play. Hey, you and your significant other and your family have a, a great holiday season, Mike. We love you, and uh, we appreciate you coming on with us every week. And I always love seeing you around town because you're you're a joy to be with and uh, I uh, can't wait for a great 2023.
3: Man, uh, you guys have been terrific just talking to all the time, and, and I would say the same for both you guys and your families. Randy and you and I have so much history, and, and Carrie and I've been having a chance to spend some more time together. And uh, I, I'm so proud of both of you guys and what you mean to, to what you do in, the, in, the, in this business of radio. Uh, because it's fun every day. You guys laugh as much as I like to laugh, and you know my motto: I just show up looking to have a good time. It's up to you to catch up. So, <laughs> keep up the great work. Uh, we'll cross paths during the holiday season as soon as the weather gets a little warmer.
4: I love it. We'll do it.
3: Because at this six this six degree thing, you're not going to see the kids. <laughs> <laughs> All oh, <right>. <laughs> I
4: know that. Mike Claiborne, have a great day. That's the the Clay the All man right. Claves with us on 101 ESPN. Uh, Coming up, we got the fight here on 101 ESPN.
1: You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Welcome to the fight. In the red corner, average
0: Joe listener. And in the blue corner, the undisputed king of morning drive. Please welcome Red.
2: Welcome back to the Opening Drive. I'm Kerry Davis, joined by Matthew Rocchio, and it is time for the fight and rock. How are you doing this morning, sir? I'm doing good, Kerry. How are you
6: doing this morning? I am
2: well, well rested after my uh, 30 minute extra. Yeah, it must be that nice I, that I took. Sorry, it was <laughs> much needed. though. More
6: importantly, you know, how, <laughs> how's, how's the fighter doing
2: today? Let's ask him, Andrew. How are you doing this morning? Doing good, guys. Sun's up, and let's let's see if we can. Pull away the W today. All right, Andrew, let's go. Last night, Jordan Kyrou got the Blues' first hat trick of the season. Which Blue notched the team's last hat trick in a 5-2 win over the Wild on May 10th late last season? Was it Nathan Walker, David
6: Perron, or Vladimir Tarasenko? David Perron. On this day in 1991, the NHL granted two new franchises, the Tampa Bay Lightning and which Canadian team? Was it the Winnipeg Jets, the Quebec Nordiques, or the Ottawa Senators? Winnipeg Jets. All right, Andrew. The Lions
2: made NFL draft history in the early 2000s when they used three consecutive top ten picks on wide receivers. Which of the three was the highest drafted at number two overall? Was it Mike Williams... Roy Williams or Charles Rogers?
5: Mm. I don't know. Charles Rogers.
6: And last night, Damian Lillard scored his 18,000th and 44, 18,000th, 30, 41st point of his career, becoming the leading scorer in Blazers franchise history. Whom did he pass? Arvidas Sabonis, Lamarcus Aldridge, or Clyde Drexler?
5: The first one. I don't know basketball.
6: (laughs) It's a bonus. All right. We will double-check the score. We will bring in any character. All right, Andrew, how are you feeling? Minus the basketball Uh, question. Yeah, we'll see.
2: We'll see. We'll see. A little tougher than what it it is. (laughs) When you're you're doing it uh, in your car listening and and you're not on air, it seems much easier, doesn't it? Oh, 100%. 100%. (laughs) (laughs) And then when you get on air, the questions just seem – you're like, "Why, why didn't I get those questions from the other day?
4: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Randy, say hello to Andrew. Andrew, good morning. How you doing? Yeah, I'm doing good, Randy. How about yourself? I'm doing well. Thanks for listening. Thanks for playing. Yes, sir. All right, Randy, you ready? Ready. All right. Last
2: night, Jordan Kyrou got the Blues' first hat trick of the season. Mm-hmm. Which Blue notched the team's last hat trick in a 5-2 win over the Wild on May 10th, late last season?
4: May 10th of late last season. Uh... I don't know if Vladdy did. I'll go with, uh, let's see, wasn't Thomas? O'Reilly had one last year, but I don't think it was then. They had all these goal scorers last year, right? Um, Perron almost had one in Chicago last year, but I don't think. I'll go with Tarasenko.
6: On this day in 1991,
4: the NHL granted two new franchises,
6: the Tampa Bay Lightning and which Canadian team?
4: Tampa Bay Lightning, and it would have had to have been in 1991, the Ottawa Senators, right? Because the other five teams were already in existence. Calgary, Edmonton, Vancouver, Toronto, uh, Montreal. So it's the Ottawa Senators. That's the final answer.
2: All right, Randy, the Lions made NFL draft history in the early 2000s when they used three consecutive top ten picks on wide receivers. Mm -hmm. Which of the three was drafted highest at number two overall?
4: Charles Rogers. Is he dead? He He uh, did pass away back in 2019. Oh, man. He did. Nice run. Well, under the circumstances. Really? I mean, he was number two pick in the draft. How many people get the chance to do that? He was really good at Michigan State. He was really good. He was amazing.
2: (laughs)
6: <laughs> Last night, Damian Lillard scored his 18,044th point of his career, becoming the leading scorer in Blazers franchise history. Whom did he pass?
4: Okay, I saw this. But I don't remember, so I'm going to have to use the lifeline.
6: Was it Arvidas Sabonis, nope. Lamarcus Aldridge, nope. or Clyde Drexler?
4: Oh, I thought I saw this. Um... Do you go with, uh... Man, that's kind of crazy. Sabonis, Drexler, or who was the third one? Uh, Lamarcus Aldridge. Lamarcus Aldridge. I don't think it could have been Lamarcus, but I'm going to go with. Uh, I'm going to go with. I guess I'll go with Clyde the Glide. I don't know why. I guess because I am. I'll go with Clyde the Glide.
6: Randy, we know. We know that. Uh, Carrie Davis got a little extra sleep this morning. Did you get yeah. a little extra sleep this morning? No. You didn't get a, like, you, are you a little sleep-deprived this morning at all? Yes. You're a sleep- <laughs> <laughs> He's like watching a hockey game all night. didn't realize <laughs> that was such a bad question. <laughs> so, did a sleep-deprived Megamind keep on rolling through before we hit the holidays on this Tuesday, or did Andrew come in and, despite a refreshed question-asker, was he able to take down a tired question answerer and randy Carricker. ring that bell go crazy folks go crazy
0: the winner
1: and still champion of the fight randy Carricker. the fight is driven by mobile on the run join the on the run stl wash club for a limited time offer of five dollars a month download the app today just
5: win baby
6: there it is. You heard the sounder, so that means Randy Character got them all right. It was a 4-1 win for Randy over Andrew today. Let's go through those answers. Last night was the Blues' first hat-trick of the season. It was also the first career hat-trick for Jordan Kairou, which blew notched the team's last hat-trick before last night. It was a 5-2 win over the Wild on May 10th late last season. It was, in fact, Vladimir Tarasenko. The Blues had three hat-trick scores last year, Nathan Walker... David Perron and Vladimir Tarasenko combined for six total hat-tricks. Perron had three, Tarasenko had two, Nadab had one. Oh, Nadab. There it is. On this day in 1991, the NHL granted two new franchises, the Tampa Bay Lightning, and which Canadian team? It was, in fact, the Ottawa Senators. Ottawa. Like, you, you didn't you didn't list the Winnipeg Jets in your listing of the Canadian oh, yeah. teams, okay. but then again they 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 moved. Yeah, they didn't get they didn't get right. granted. Uh, the Lions made uh, hit NFL draft history in the early 2000s when they used three consecutive top ten picks <laughs> on wide receivers. Which of the three was the <laughs> highest drafted? It was in fact Charles Rogers in 2003 at number two overall. 2004 they took Roy Williams at seven overall, and then 2005 they took Mike Williams at tenth overall. Really? They obviously then hit with their second wide receiver in five drafts, taking number. Number 2 overall in 2007 when they took Calvin Johnson. Four top 10 picks on wide receivers in five drafts. The nice other, going, Matt Millen. Their, other, is. their <laughs> other draft pick, by the way, was Ernie Sims out of Florida State, who was not a very good linebacker. Oh, right. And yeah. last night, Damon Lillard scored his 18,000th and 40, 41st point of his career, becoming the leading scorer in Blazers' franchise history. He passed Clyde the Glide Drexler, and that means that Rainey did get all four correct, which means again, a 4-1 victory over Andrew. Andrew, thank you so much for joining the show. Thank you so much for for
5: playing hey thanks guys you guys have merry christmas happy new year you too thank you so much well
4: sir coming up it's your turn now to give christmas gifts to anyone on the st louis sports scene mike drops texts we want to hear from you you can give a present to anybody on the st louis sports scene whether it's fans it's us it's the cardinals blues whatever you want that's next on 101 espn
1: back to the opening drive podcast on 101 espn presented by dobbs tire and auto centers
4: you can give a gift to anyone on the st louis sports scene for christmas fans teams owners gms players what would you like to provide someone i uh earlier said and a texter agreed that they would like to give Adam Wainwright a championship in his last season in Major League Baseball. That's one thing we'd like to give out. Thought you were going the other direction. Oh no, uh uh-uh. No. That's another. So uh, that, that, was Matthews. Matthews, that was Matthew's. Matthew wanted to give Tory Krug an extra two inches and 30 pounds. You just wanted to give everyone an extra two, two inches. inches. Yeah.
2: <laughs> This is funny to me. I said I wanted to give Wilson Contreras earplugs for when things are, you know, not great. not not yachty like and, and people are are foaming at the mouth and a little bit upset. I think that, but I but Randy, I will say this. I don't think he's going to need them very often.
4: No, I, I'm with Maybe you there. Maybe once. This year, yep. Couple Maybe of twice. great texts. I'd like to give Vinner one of those foam stress toys in the shape of a Nazim Kadri head, just in case his anger management issues pop up again. We know they will at some point, so you can just kind of squeeze, squeeze the Kadri head. Just squeeze the anger out. Yeah. Give Mo another fifty million dollars for the payroll. Now that would be great for Mo. Oof. He would love to be able to spend that money.
2: Oof. Oof. What, what would you use for another, uh, another fifty million? You'd oh, awesome. have to wait till next year.
6: I, I think you know seven, seven million dollar relievers. Well, but wait, like seven, yeah. Yeah, seven coming, that covers forty-nine of the fifty million right there, right? Yeah, It'd be useful. It's uh, good, man.
4: You're gonna have to or, sign Flaherty, right, when he wins the Cy Young, because he's gonna do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, get ready. Yeah, so that's forty-three of it right there. We're, we're counting on you, Jack. We're mm-hmm. expecting
6: forty-three. Find one. Find one seven million dollar reliever, Cheese Randy. I ruined all my fun. Forty-three
2: <laughs> yeah, one $7 million dollars. That's a lot fine of money for one all year. Right. It is, especially when you're thirty-eight and forty years old, huh, Randy?
4: Uh, yeah, but if it were so, pe- people are giving it out, right? It's just are. Right. Uh, how about this one from the three one four? I want to gift Luther Burden, either the quarterback from NC State or Coastal Carolina. That's fair. Both out there in the transfer portal.
2: You know. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna bash Brady Cook and and give up on him just yet. He's still a young man. Had yeah, there is a a maturation process when you are a young quarterback, understanding defenses, understanding coverages, and understanding where your guys are going to be and making sure everyone is on the same page. That's why you often see pro quarterbacks bringing guys their, their team out to Arizona or wherever mm-hmm. they are, Florida to work out because it gives you more opportunities. This guy's faster than this guy. This guy can't catch the ball here. He needs it here. And so just the more repetitions that you get uh, with one another, let us I, I, I have high hopes for, for one Brady Cook.
4: Let's get to a mic drop, and we invite your mic drops with the 101 ESPN app. Here is John on 101 ESPN.
3: My Christmas gift would be to give Paul DeYoung his confidence back when he walks up and steps inside the batter's box. The guy has endured so much stress that he brings on to himself that I just wish that he could have his confidence back, whether he's a Cardinal or playing for any other team in Major League Baseball. My second wish would be that all of St. Louis sports figures would have the joy of helping children.
4: Those are two great things. Number one, that's that's very nice and thoughtful and caring about Paul DeYoung. And I think a lot of his issues do come back to confidence issues. But yeah, it'd be nice if not only all of us in the St. Louis sports media, but everybody in St. Louis could concentrate on kids. Because over the last six or seven years, the funding for underprivileged kids in St. Louis has dropped dramatically. And, for example, I do a golf tournament for Every Child's Hope and. It's for uh, campus over at the at 170 and St. Charles Rock Road, and it's for kids whose parents are either deceased or incarcerated, and they've got a full service campus that has a school, it's got uh, mental health, it's got they provide clothing, it's it's all the essentials that the kids need and more, and it costs a lot, mm-hmm. and it's for kids that are two to eighteen years old. And so, yes, any help that, and there's multiple, St. Vincent's Home for Children is like that. There's multiple areas like that in our area. So, yeah, anything that any of us can do to help out kids, especially now, because there's politicians that really don't want to. Uh, So as, as a private sector, I think it's a good thing that we do.
6: This is, this is a, a good wish, but I think it might be a little bit too much. Again, this, this is Christmas wishes. We don't have like a genie or anything going here. I want St. Louis to get a more inviting riverfront, better restaurants and, hot- and hotels to where people talk positive about St. Louis and they want to come here for more events.
4: We're on our way. We're getting there. Yep. I, I came up with an idea last night, guys.
6: What'd you have? Oh, what you got? A, Wait a second. Randy, yeah. you've been tinkering. Yep, I oh, have. okay. Here we go. And,
4: so I was with a group of people at a Christmas party and I suggested okay. this and everybody agreed. But- Here's the thing: What would happen if the city and the county would oh, combine? With, if they would merge? Randall. Wow!
6: Randall. wow.
4: It, it, I don't know if anybody thought of this, <laughs> but think about it, that. It's the resources that just, would be available. Yeah, and, and just the statistically. So I did the work when I got home last night. We would be like the ninth largest city in America with the fifty fourth highest crime rate. Airport would be better and have more funding. From a sports perspective, we'd be better off. We could have one overarching police department and and cut down on the crime that does exist. And I'm just, t- 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 I have no idea how it would work. But uh, I even thought like better together. <laughs> you know. Randy, I if, thought of it myself.
6: Randy, if if it if it was that easy, if it was successful, every single city in America but us in Baltimore would do it. If it was success, so I don't. I don't see what you're getting at.
2: Do you know how difficult it is to explain someone not from that is not from St. Louis how St. Louis City and St. Louis County works and how there are all these different municipalities in St. Louis? Yeah. Like, well, if you move here, then you're in Jennings, and if you go there, you're in Hazelwood, and you're, then you're in, in 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 um Florissant, and then you got Ferguson right there. Like, they're like, yeah.
4: what? Here's the thing, this, though. And, and,
2: and, if you, they all have if you mares? go to Indy <laughs> if you go
4: to Indy and you do that, they say, oh yeah we used to do that when we were screwed up. <laughs> and if you go to Louisville, they say, oh yeah, we used to do that when we were screwed up. And if you go to Kansas Man. City, they say, oh yeah. We used to do that when we were screwed up. And Omaha, yeah, we, we, we used to do that when we were screwed. But then they merged. Hmm. Let's get a little smile on Randy Carragher's face.
6: I'm going to give the Patriots a new cheating playbook. Brady leaves and the Pats can't seem to win. Maybe he's the cheating mastermind.
4: That's what ah. he needs. My buddy needs that so that his career winning percentage without Tom Brady as a starting quarterback can reach the, the winning percentage of Rex Ryan.
2: Is it he, Rex Ryan?
4: Rex Ryan has a better winning percentage without Tom Brady as a starting quarterback than Bill Belichick does.
2: That's And he had uh, Mark Sanchez. He did it have Mark Bungle. Sanchez, yeah. That The butt fumble was actually one of my college teammates. See, we always talk about Mark, uh-huh, but uh-huh. we don't talk about the butt. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the it it was uh, Brandon Moore. Oh, okay, He oh, went gosh. to Illinois. That's awesome.
4: <laughs> That's great. All right. Uh, coming up next, we're going to talk to the Mizzou basketball coach. Dennis Gates brings his club into St. Louis for the Bragging Rights game, and he joins us next on 101 ESPN
1: back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Johnson spins it out for Young. In and out!
0: Final seconds. Hodge moving down. Fell. Throws it over for Gold.
4: Buzzer beater for Mizzou as they beat UCF on Saturday. And uh, Dennis Gates brings his 10-1 ten, ten Tigers to St. Louis. Thursday night, it's the annual and Rights game at Enterprise Center, brought to you McBride Homes, by McBride Homes. And it's an 8 o'clock game, St. Louis time, on SEC Network with Super Bowl champ Kerry Davis. I'm Randy Carricker, and we go to the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line. Standing by is the head basketball coach at Mizzou, Dennis Gates. Coach, thanks so much for joining us. How are you doing this morning? He was good. He's not good right Can't. now. So Here let's us. see if we can uh, get that set up so that he's, the phone line works. Hmm. Well, okay. Well, we'll have Matthew yeah, so check him have him out some on hold.
2: very uh, intriguing questions and yeah, pressing
4: we're, questions. We're ready to go. Some good what fun you, questions. Are
6: you, are you ball, <laughs> <in
4: there? laughs> okay. Matthew's trying to get that straightened out. So uh, Mizzou is playing great, and mm-hmm. this is actually the most exciting Mizzou team. And, and Konzo Martin, I, I don't want to take anything away from Konzo. We had an NCAA tournament team. Right. But it really wasn't a super compelling team mm-hmm. because Conzo was coaching the team like they had played like he played at Purdue. He's a defensive minded coach and this team runs up and down the court. They score a ton of points that are really exciting. Uh, should we try it again now? No. Coach are you there. No. Okay, so they can't hear us. So hopefully they'll give us a call back, and we'll be able to get Coach on the line here. But anyway, Kerry, uh, Thursday night should be fun because both of these teams can light it up offensively.
2: Yeah, you talk about a team in, in SEC that is leading the team, leading the league in scoring and and running gun. They're having a good time uh, playing basketball, and and I think that that's what kids want to see. They want to see. You know, it, yeah, you coaching wise, you want to have a good sound defensive plan and a good defensive team. But you know the young kids want to score, bo- they want to score buckets. And and I think what Coach Gates is doing, having those kids run up and down and, and taking the shots, I think they are uh, doing a fantastic job. And that leads to more players being more intrigued, and and their record is proving that it's working well for them. And I think this game on Thursday night is going to be a, a great matchup: Illinois versus Mizzou. Uh, Bragging writes, is always a fun game to attend. If you've never been, if you're a Missouri and an Illinois fan, um, go check it out because it, it is one of the most um, exciting environments that I have I have been a part of to
4: be a, be a witness to. Yeah, it's uh, it's going to be cool, and the fact that right now we've got a situation where you've got a couple of teams that have done a great job with the transfer portal. Right, Mizzou's done a great job with the, the transfer portal, and Illinois has too, and that r- makes what is going to happen Thursday. A lot better. It's because it's much easier to build a transfer portal good team in basketball than it is in football.
2: Well, we were talking about it earlier. It's kind of like the same thing where you are asking if you would rather have a five-star basketball player or a five-star football player. Well, those transfer portal kids are generally kids that understand the game, have been doing it for, you know, a year or two at a, at the collegiate level. And they understand the work ethic and the amount of time that is required to be successful. So when you bring those kids into a program, um, you're able to just kind of go a- at the level and the pace that you need to go and have success. And, and as you said, Illinois has done it. Uh, Mizzou has done it. And so I am I am. Really looking forward to this year's matchup. Illinois has has done really well over the last few years, but we know that, that it kind of goes, sways back and forth for years at a time. So I'm I'm excited to see
4: how well the
2: Illini can defend this Mizzou team,
4: if they can at all. Well, and that's the thing. Mizzou has five players that are in double figures, averaging in double figures. Hodge has been great so far at 16.4. Kobe Brown, one of the returning guys, is at 12.9. And they haven't even gotten great work yet out of the national Uh, Juco, player of the year, Sean East, uh, the point guard, who is going to keep ascending, I would think, and once they get into conference play, and once they get, hopefully, into tournament play, that's a guy that has a chance to make a huge difference for them.
2: Indeed, and and, and as you go, the further you go, the more the more, uh, I guess, Leadership or, or, or experience that you have It definitely bodes well for your team So right now they're playing extremely well And we'll see what this matchup looks
4: like On Thursday And both athletic programs, by the way Are involved in bowl games too So that makes it interesting It kind of spreads the athletic department a little bit thin When you've got both teams, ironically, yeah. bo- down in Tampa yeah. Both the football teams are down in Tampa
2: Yeah, there was a I, they were talks that or those two teams May have been playing one another But fortunately or unfortunately They're
4: playing uh, different teams all right, let's get to the Brown and Crouppen celebrity line with Super Bowl champ Kerry Davis. I'm Randy Carricker and Dennis Gates, the Mizzou head coach, joins us now on 101 ESPN. Coach, sorry for those technical difficulties. Good morning. How are you doing?
7: How you doing, man?
4: Every, everything's Thanks, outstanding. You? It's great to have you with us. Uh, how excited are you for your first uh, McBride and uh, Son Holmes bragging rights game?
7: Well, I think it's an exciting rivalry, one that stands out historically in a college basketball most people talk about the Carolina Duke, but this is a longstanding rivalry between two great institutions and two great basketball traditions.
2: Hey, Coach, I want to take you back 25 years. You are a Chicago native, a uh, graduate of Whitney Young, who is, has put out plenty of uh, NBA talent, um, Quinn Richardson being one. Uh, but there's a hill that I'm willing to die on, and that is Ronnie Fields is the best high school basketball player I have ever seen. What are your thoughts on that?
7: There is no doubt in my mind that Ronnie Fields is one of the best high school basketball players to ever play. Uh, I was fortunate enough to play in the same conference as Farragut, uh, but more importantly, play several games against Ronnie Fields in both summer league and high school Red West season.
2: And he was on a team with Kevin Garnett and and, uh, just was a standout. He was a year younger, but just one of the best players. I mean, if you've never seen him, never seen highlights, he reminded me of Michael Jordan, but I guess three or four inches shorter, but just athletic and, and explosive as they come.
1: Very,
7: very good player on both ends of the court from his offensive abilities, but instincts and also defensive abilities. I thought Ronnie Fields had definitely a career, a long lasting career in the NBA, but obviously an accident happened while in high school that kind of derailed his career. But he got back on path. Mm -hmm. It was great to see him play professionally.
4: So, Dennis, when you went against him, did you own him? Uh, absolutely
7: not. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh,
4: Carrie and I were talking before you came on about how different it is in football and basketball. Obviously, you have used the transfer portal and uh, the, the JUCO system with great success so far this year. Uh, how have things gone in terms of putting together a rotation and just building some chemistry among your group?
7: Well, I think team building is the most important thing, and that's something that we've concentrated on. This is a new era of recruiting uh, where you have um, you know guys that have eligibility right away from other Division one, Division two, II, Division three institutions, while you're adding high school kids, but also JuCO kids. And I think it's a unique perspective, but one that is for the positive because it gives kids most kids a start, a fresh start. Uh, who hadn't had one at their previous institution. So I'm excited about my guys, excited about our team. Uh, We're just taking it one day at a time and allowing ourselves to continue to get better.
2: Hey, Coach, you talk about one day at a time, but you all have a a stretch here where you're going up against Illinois, obviously in the Bragging Rights game, but then you got Kentucky. uh, Then you go to Arkansas at number 10. What are your your thoughts about that stretch, and, and how do you keep your kids just locked in on the main thing right now, which will be your next game versus Illinois?
7: Well, our schedule you have to have in college basketball short-term memory but also long-term learning. Uh you got to learn from your past past games, but you can't look too far ahead at other opponents. You got to stay in the moment uh and obviously give your very best where you are and allow the outcomes to be the outcomes. Two teams can play very well at their very best, but in college basketball, you know it and I know it, one team wins. So uh, we just want to play good basketball and continue on the path that we're on uh, and take it one game at a time.
4: Dennis Gates, said, coach at Mizzou with us on 101 ESPN. Your team is fourth in the nation in scoring. Is this indicative of what you want to have? Obviously, everybody wants to score a lot, but is this going to be typical of a Dennis Gates team?
7: Well, I want to put pressure offensively and uh, pressure defensively. I think our guys are doing a good job of doing that. Uh, in between uh, those successes of scoring – Uh, and and defending where we're number one in steals, we have to continue to uh, build our rebounding shell. We have to continue to share the ball. I am proud of our assists where we're ranked fifth right now, but I want that to be number one. And I think in the 20s, 20 assists plus a game is something that we kind of strive for, and we've slacked off in the last couple games and dropped off in that area.
2: Hey, Coach, when you all are scoring at the clip that you are scoring at, how much excitement does that give to uh, recruits and and, and just their, their want to to come play at Mizzou?
1: I
7: think it's important to have a style of play that's attractive, but more importantly, a style of play that fits the roster, the, 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 the identity of your players as well. I think we have some great players who obviously uh, could score the ball and has done so at their previous institutions. But more importantly, man, I think we're playing together and playing the right way. And that's the exciting part for me. We're going to continue to get better uh, game by game, and I expect our team uh, to to trend in that in that direction.
4: Hey, Coach, you've obviously been around for a long time and been aware of the talent coming out of this state over the years. But now that you've got boots on the ground in Columbia, what have your impressions been of basketball in the state, and specifically of here in St. Louis?
7: Uh, great, great grassroots programs. Uh, you have a unbelievable high school association. Uh, And whenever you have tradition like that in those areas, there is definitely kids consistently coming uh, up down the uh, ranks and that's anywhere from Kansas city, all the way to St. Louis up North uh, as well as down South in the, uh, you know, state Capitol Springfield, and even in the boot Hill. Uh, I think, there's some great high school basketball coaches uh, and grassroots AAU programs, and we'll have to continue to, you know, reinvigorate our relationships with those guys, but also be be present at our state tournament, at different events, uh, and also supporting these guys during the summers.
4: Hey, Coach Gates, one last thing: Kerry played fullback at Illinois, but he's got a daughter at Mizzou, so you have the chance here, I think, to pull him over to the black and gold side. <laughs>
7: Well, I know I know where his heart is, not in his career, it's with his uh daughter. So I, I do expect I do expect him to be supporting his daughter as best as he can and we know what that leads to.
2: Coach, I, I she got me a Mizzou shirt that I wore one day yeah, and I, I told her, you know, this may be one and done, but I thank you. I, I do enough in paying tuition. That's about as far as we can go, sir. Hey,
7: she'll she'll give you that look like, like a daughter gives a dad, and you'll you'll turn right back around and become a Mizzou fan. M I Z, Gary. You, are, Cary, you are
1: probably
4: Gary. M I Z. Oh no, coach. Z-, Z- Z- you, Z- coach Z O U, Coach. thanks, Coach. We'll see you on Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> Take care. Merry Christmas. Have a great day. Happy holidays, guys. See you later. Oh. Dennis Gates, head coach at Mizzou. Well, I can't believe we got that. Oh, accomplished. He did. He yeah. did it. Nah. <laughs> Next up, <laughs> the Cardinal Skipper, Ali Marmol on 101 ESPN.
1: You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers.
0: Randy and Carrie break down the biggest story of the day on the opening drive. It's time for Today's Big
3: thing. We just kind of hit it off. We just kind of threw the channels of, of being around the complex and spring training. And then Ollie and Amber were living in Jupiter in the off seasons. And, and you know, they became our, our friends Uh, Like just, you know, like the people that you have over three or four nights a week that come by, stop by, have dinner, hang out, sit around, talk baseball. Um, They became very close friends of ours and and, uh, just kind of through, obviously the Cardinals started it, but we had a lot of the same interests, a lot of, um, we just, we had a lot of fun together.
4: That's Cardinal bench coach Matt Holliday in the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. Carrie, Randy, and Matthew efforting the Cardinal skipper, Ali Marmal, And hopefully we'll be able to nail that down, if not today, then tomorrow. But Carrie, as a coach, you know how important it is to have chemistry yeah. on a coaching staff and have people actually getting along with each other. And not that there's not a place for uh, some constructive... Uh, tension So uh, it, it, that's, a, that's a good thing but if you have co- guys on a coaching staff that are at each other's throat it'll never work out and especially there has to be a level of respect for the head coach mm-hmm. and that's what Matt Holiday is talking about as he walks into this job.
2: Yeah you definitely want people that work with you um, to to respect what you're, what you're you, you, because as a head coach as a manager you're your last say is the, is the your say is the last say but you want guys that challenge you as well and, and, and challenge you in a way where if your, your friend were to tell you hey man I don't think that's a good idea you probably shouldn't do that they're not saying it in a way of you know trying to harm you they're actually trying to protect you and help you and I think with Matt Holiday and the relationship that they have formed uh, him and Ali I think that gives Ali confidence to be able to trust what Matt is seeing and what he's saying and say you know what I may be wrong on this one I will take your word for it I will trust you And that's when you have your best team, when you have a a coaching staff that can all be on one accord. Now, you're not always going to agree, just like you're not always going to agree in any relationship, whether it's marriage or or with your brother and sister or your mother and father. But you come to an agreement and you have an understanding. And that respect that you have for one another is ultimately what what allows you to have success as a team.
4: And one of the other things – and. I want to ask Ali about this, and if we don't get him today, we'll get him tomorrow. But I want to ask about the creative tension between the manager and the front office, because obviously that led to some issues last year. Mm-hmm. and Mike Schilt was let go, but there's got to be a spot for a manager to voice his opinion, right? Yeah. To say, uh, okay, I, I hear what you're saying, but let's take a look at it from this angle, too. For right. example, the, the Contreras, Sean Murphy, who Blue Jays catcher, whoever it might have been, I'm sure that was a conversation that took several days for the Cardinals manager and and general manager and president of baseball operations to hash out. What exactly serves us best?
2: Yeah, I think when you are – I've said this before. I've heard many coaches say – You know, after they've been fired, if I get another chance, I'm going to do it my way. And I think there's a fine line between, you know, completely, you know, listening and and going in the direction of what the front office says, and and also trusting your gut. Because the things that allowed you to make it and have the success that you have to be in the position that you are, are are trusting you. And so it's it's a it's a fair balance between the two understanding what they're saying, but also having
4: them trust you enough to understand what you're saying and what you feel is best for your team. One of the things that the Cardinals are going to have to deal with a lot, and as we get into spring training, hopefully some of these questions will be answered. Some can't be answered until you see if people like Dylan Carlson and Tyler O'Neill can play a full season. But there are a lot of ifs going into the Cardinals season. And you're asking for a lot of positives, like to put a plus next to a player that has an if, because Jack Flaherty, if he's Jack Flaherty, right. Cardinals have a chance to be great. If Steven Matz can be healthy again, if Adam Wainwright, at the age of 41, can pitch a full season, mm-hmm. if Jordan Montgomery can do a full season in the National League, if Ryan Helsley can spend six months as a closer, if uh, we, we mentioned both of the uh, the outfielders, if Brendan Donovan can be an everyday second baseman, there's a I get what the people who like to spend the owner's monies are saying because yep. there are no sure things. But a lot of times when you think you have a sure thing, that doesn't wind up being a sure thing either. Just like I'm concerned about Adam Wainwright mm-hmm. going for six months, I'm concerned about Justin Verlander going for six right. months and he's getting right. $43 million a year. Correct. I, I think when you look at this Cardinals lineup, there are
2: some some spots on that lineup that you write in with 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 ink and then some you write in with pencil. You got... Third base, first base, shortstop and catcher. Those are, are all marked in in ink. And then I, I don't know how you feel about second base. I know you like Brendan Donovan a lot, but is he a guy every single day that you trust the second base? And then in, in the outfield, you know, there, there are some questions as to, as you said, if – Tyler O'Neill is healthy if Dylan Carlson can can regain the form that that he's shown if Jordan Walker can come up day one and and be a a star that of of all stars which which they are expecting him to be those are written in pencil and they you, love newt yes and and newt bar i mean you you we tend to forget about newt often because he's just kind of like the odd man out but he's he's he had he didn't really have an if he played mm-hmm. <laughs> tyler o'neill was hurt dylan carlson had a had hurt his a thumb correct right and so you you had newt who was there and playing and not dealing with injury so you know there's a lot of ifs in that outfield and i think at second base as well um I, I, I think there's a less of an if at second base than there is in the outfield, though. So we, that, if that says anything.
4: And I just don't know what kind of a defender Brendan Donovan is or what kind of a defender Nolan Gorman is. Right. I kind of think even if you started the season with—and they, they wouldn't do this, but in terms of defensive ability— if you would start the season with Wynn at shortstop and Edmund at second, that would be your best defensive infield. Probably. But you've got to give Wynn the opportunity to grow as a yeah. professional. and to He's only 20 years old, and he's got to learn how to play every day at the professional level. So he's not going to be ready to go on opening day of 2023.
2: But he did really well in the Arizona Fall League, correct? He did. He, he, he a terrific did at a, a, fall a terrific, terrific Fall League. So there's optimism there as well. Not that I don't know that anyone expects him to be here this season, but you, you never know how things may fall, how well he does uh, in the minors next season. And and maybe if, if there's an injury or, or if people aren't performing as well as you would have hoped they could have, maybe there's something there as well.
4: This is getting to be a younger and younger game. Dylan Carlson came up at 21, 22. Yeah. You're going to have Walker and Wynn here probably both by the time they're 21 years old. And it's just what baseball is now. Guys aren't getting as much opportunity to get seasoned in the minors. The thing about
2: being young is, is the, the game doesn't change. Like the, the dimensions of the field usually right. are the same. You know, the batter's box is the same. The, 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 the things that change when you are a younger player is what's going on off of the field. How do you manage your time? How do you manage your money? How do you manage your family and your friends mm-hmm. and the people that you engage with? Those are the things that, that generally can make a person a star or prevent them from having all of the success that they have uh in 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 the game of baseball or any sport because you have to be able to manage all of those things there are it's so hard at times to mm-hmm. try to figure out okay my mom needs tickets my my grandmother is here this 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 my brothers and sisters are coming in town i got to figure out it can be it can be mind blowing especially when you're a younger player so i think that is more so the the issues that younger players have just managing off the field issues and and making sure that they take care of those if you're able to manage that the game on the field doesn't change
4: by the way are you aware that brad thompson hasn't seen hoosiers what isn't that amazing what bt what are we doing Right, right. So and you say that, and what do we think of? When you say all the all the measurements are the same, yes. right? You think of Norman Dale going into f- Hinkle Fieldhouse with his team, takes out a Make sure the, rim, measure. The, rim's yep.
2: the rim's the same height. It's, it's same height as everywhere else, 10 it does, feet. Gentleman. It doesn't change. Yeah. Nothing changes. It's yep. just, it's just it, it, but it, in your mind, it, it looks so much bigger. Yeah. In your mind, it hey. feels bigger, but it, it's all the same.
4: You remember Tyler Green, shortstop, a yes. few years ago? Yeah. He was great great AAA player. hmm he would get here with a third deck. Had no chance. Really? Some guys walk in. They see that third deck and they just can't handle it. You gotta
2: have. You gotta have blinders on. Yeah. Just focus on the. The you know like the the Clydesdales. They have. they have the blinders on, so they can't yeah, see exactly. Anyway, they just see what's in front of them. That's yeah. all. Right. You gotta have blinders on, so you don't see everything that's going on around
4: yeah. you. We're sorry that we couldn't connect with Ollie. Hopefully, we'll be able to to nail that down tomorrow. Coming up, the Blues in Seattle tonight. Darren Pang is next on 101 ESPN.
0: Back to the opening drive podcast on 101
1: ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. We're
0: talking everything St. Louis
1: Blues as we head into the Blues booth. Presented by
0: Boardwalk Hardwood Floors, a proud partner of your St. Louis Blues. Find your perfect new floor at our four convenient locations and online at BoardwalkHardwood.com.
4: go for five in a row tonight at Seattle against the Kraken, who are surprisingly effective this year, although they've fallen to third place in their division. We head to the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line and Blues Analyst on Valley Sports Midwest. Darren
8: Pang joins us as he does every Tuesday. Good morning, Panger. How you doing? Good, Randy and uh, Kerry. Yeah, very good, actually. I'm in uh, in Vancouver at the airport here, and I'm going to hop on a plane to, uh, to Miami and go to Fort Lauderdale. But the weather, I know we're expecting some bad weather in, uh, in St. Louis, but this is a Amazing here. I've never seen this much snow here in the city of Vancouver. So, interesting travel days around the world, that's for sure.
4: This has to be as long a flight as there
8: is in North America, right? It has to be. It, it has to be. It's five hours and I think it's five hours and 42 minutes. I could go to Scotland and play a round of golf <laughs> in that time.
4: You're right, no doubt.
2: <laughs> Panker, I asked uh, Randy this yesterday, so I'm going to ask you. He, he didn't have an answer for me. Uh, hopefully, you do. Who is this Blues team? Who are they?
8: <laughs> that's a good carrier carrier You can't throw that at us, you know. Um, I mean, if, if if Randy can't figure that out, how the heck am I going to figure that? Out? <laughs> <laughs> I
0: was trying to figure it out for I'll myself. Tell you what as I do well.
8: like, I tell you what, I, I like the team that's right now. I yeah. like, I like. You know what? I like uh, a lot of things about the way that they're playing. And, and number one, for me, it's always about team defending first. I mean, uh, goals. Goal scorers find a way to score goals. Playmakers find a way to make plays. But if you don't know how to defend or you're not willing to defend, well, you're not going to win in this league. I don't. I, I don't. I don't. You know, he, that's just the way it is. So I, I like our penalty kill right now. I like the tandems that he's got going. He's really, you know, he's utilizing. Uh, let's 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 look at the two forwards that get out there and, uh, like right off the hop. Barbashev and sod get out both good skaters both read off of each other and they've been spectacular and then he comes back with O'Reilly and Buchnevich and then Toropchenko and a get get some time so the units are now finding themselves in sync carry and I think I think it's almost like I was explaining last night even the coaching staff you know, had, had to make some adjustments. You lose to Jimmy Montgomery, the penalty kill struggles early. Uh, what's the assignments for everybody? Um, a new coach in Craig McTavish comes in, you know, hasn't been behind the bench in a little while. He's finding his way and he's getting up to speed. And then you got some new players. And so I, I just think that the way that they're walking around, the way that they're they're goofing around, well, the way that they're practicing and the, the energy that I'm seeing is, is now a team that is starting to gel. And, uh, and, and I think it all starts with, with goaltending penalty kill and and team defense and structure and then the offense obviously like you saw again last night is uh is taking care of itself because that puck is following jordan Kyrou and robert thomas and uh and adding barbershop to those two players has been dynamite for the blues
4: panger how has Kyrou done in adapting to the 200 foot game this season
8: yeah that's a good question he's he's doing much better i mean he's it's. I mean, this has been a work in progress for sure. I mean, since the time that he turned pro and came from junior hockey, and he played, you know, he played 25 minutes a night, and no coach sat him on the bench. I, I talked long and hard to Jordan about this, uh, about the importance of turnovers and and getting getting the red line when your defensemen are tired, and getting pucks in. deep. These are things that he actually, you know, wasn't well schooled in in in, uh, in playing you know whether it's midget triple a or then go going to major junior a he's just a he's an offensive dynamo he got the puck as a young kid and he went 110 miles an hour and he was a bullet train you know from one end to the other and 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 now and and i remember talking to him about how frustrated he was with all those little things that everybody was harping on and now he gets it or he's beginning to get it uh, in your own zone just being stronger on your stick you know not having those light hands and and, and having your stick around your waist or worried about where your pants were or worried about your laces. I like all these little things. He he was in these quirky habits in my opinion. And now he's just, he's settling in and he understands the importance of winning a board battle and what it means to his line mates after they put all the hard work to put a puck into a certain area. And and, uh, those are the things that I think you get taught along the way from the Alexander Steens to the Barrett Jackmans to the you know Petros and then you move on to the O'Reillys and, and and the group the group here you have to you have to be told every single day what it's like to work harder and then another guy that was been significant for him is Braden Shen I mean he was hard on him for a, a period of time and I think that got him dialed in so uh, so anyway uh, I think he's really advancing well in the 200 foot game and then the 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 30 foot game is obviously speaks for itself it's, uh, He's dynamic when mm-hmm. he's got that puck. Yep. He could have had seven last night if he hit the <laughs> wow. net. If he hit the net, he could have had seven last night.
4: Hmm. Panger, didn't one of your best friends just tuck in one side of his sweater and put baby powder on his stick before games?
8: Yeah, that, that guy, correct? <laughs> yeah, he was pretty good, huh? Yes, he did the black Gordie Howe tape and the white baby powder, and uh, uh, yeah, and tuck it in on the one side, but. Uh, yeah, but I always I always look at Jordan. He's he's he just he's always had some little things that he's been quirky with. And during the play, you know, worried about pulling up his pants and then pulling down something and moving <laughs> along. And it was always like some, he was busy. It was he was busy. It was always like something else was going on. And uh, <laughs> you know, I think now he gets into the game, and and he you know the Blues have done a good job too of matchups. And you know, it's it's, it's hard to explain how you you're not hiding him. But you're, you're trying to give him the best possible matchups and, and send Shen and, and Tarasenko and Bucinavich into the heavy lifting and you send O'Reilly into the heavy lifting and you hope to get those guys, Thomas and Cairo, out there against a better matchup. And, uh, and, and I think they're, they're doing a really nice job of doing that for them.
2: Hey, Panker, Bucinavich has been playing more at center. Uh, what have you thought about his transition there and how has it helped uh, the, these Blues lines that he's on?
8: Yeah, when he, when he came back, his first game back, he played center. He was, he was about 21 minutes. They, they kind of flip-flopped and did a little bit of a hybrid with the face-offs, Kerry, because he, he's, not, he's not really great on face-offs. Um, but uh, the, then, the, then the next game, he was on left wing primarily in the back-to-backs uh, in Calgary. So Edmonton, he was more at center. Calgary, he was on the wing. Last night, it was a bit of both. Um, there's, they're doing a good job, Kerry, of, of getting him into certain sequences where he comes back in his own zone where are you going to loop to? You know, when you if you watch the formation, the centerman comes back, he either loops to his left or to his right. His, you know, he's a left-hand shot, so he'd generally go over to the right side and then come out on the forehand. Uh, but the timing of it all and going back for that, that pass from your defenseman and then, you know, even even D-zone face-offs, you know, holding on to your man, making sure you you tie that man up to a certain point where you exchange him with the defenseman. And, and so there's just a lot of nuances. But you know what like, cracked me up, Kerry, yesterday was... Uh, was uh, at practice, um, Steve Ott was working with the centerman, and he he usually he drops the pucks and he teaches them some things, and he was really showing Bucciavits a couple of things, and and uh, Otter said to him, uh, he, he said, y- "You can't beat me on a face off. You want you you want to be a you want to be a good centerman. You want to win face offs, then you got to beat me." And I guess Bucci said something like, "Yeah, come on, let's go." And then I watched Steve Ott just. Drill him for three in a row so fast that Butch couldn't even get a stick on the ice. So after that, Bucci said that he's got he's got a little bit to learn on the off, dot. And I'm telling you, Steve Bot snapped that thing back like he's been like he's still playing. Pretty amazing.
4: Hey Panger, last thing from me. Uh, and you mentioned the defense, which is substantially improved. But, personally, Bennington had lost six in a row. Now he's uh, 3-0-1 in his last four. Another terrific performance last night. Is there any difference in Jordan Bennington, or is it as simple as saying the defense in front of him is better?
8: I think there's always a combination. I mean, he's still making spectacular saves. I mean, I I, I go even back to Thomas Grayson in that game against Calgary. I mean, man, he was under siege for a lot. There were point-blank shots, and he was outstanding. And then you come back to this game and it looks like a, a good competition's going on right now because both guys are hot. But for Jordan, you know, I think he only had a, a small kind of aberration of a, what, maybe maybe two and a half games or three games. And I think it was more blown out of proportion with his actions and what he was doing to try to stir things up. And, and you know, it doesn't – I don't think it's a coincidence that, the, you know, his good play coincides with, the you know, the the coaching staff saying, hey, that's enough, let's knock this off, stop the puck. And I, I think, I, you know, I think it was important to say that, and and for the entire team, you know, at that particular point, um, you know, I think players felt like, oh, Doug Armstrong's going around the league right about now and saying, I'm open for business, and and I think you can hear whispers of that when you're a player, mm. and when that when that happens too, you're getting that locker room together, and you're like, boys. Let's go. I don't want to wake up tomorrow morning and have some of my close friends being traded. We have got to smarten up here. And, and I, I do believe that uh, that the timing of it from that point where Biddington was kind of going out of his way to generate some enthusiasm and some excitement to uh, now just getting down to business and, and playing hockey. And uh, and so, so I, again, I, I, I mean, I think he's had a good year. The numbers don't back me up, but the quality of saves that he's made and the quality of chances that we've given up of uh, um, ha- haven't I? Don't think people have seen enough of that, and term and then break it down with the quality of saves that the goaltenders have had to make.
4: Panger, safe travels today. Enjoy your time in Florida. Have a very merry Christmas, and we will uh, talk to you in the new year.
8: Yeah, that sounds great. Stay safe, you guys, and uh, and enjoy the uh, the holidays. Thanks. You too. Thanks, you
4: too. Darren Pang, with us on ESP and ESPN. Actually, I think we have one more hit next week yeah. before the new year. We'll with be Panger. at work on Tuesday. Yeah. So uh, he mentioned uh, don't let this fly under the radar. Players got the impression that Doug Armstrong was calling around the league getting ready to do some house cleaning.
2: Well, there were reports that there were multiple NHL scouts at, at the last yep. 3 or 4 games that they were having and you know, players aren't, aren't aren't uh blind or ignorant to the fact that this is a business and if you are not taking care of your business uh, there's a potential that you are no longer there, and and you know you grow fond of of your teammates and the guys that you're you're next to and, and hanging out and spending time with every day. You don't want those guys to get traded. You don't want to be traded. So uh, maybe there was a clear message in that locker room saying, "Hey, hey fellas, if we don't play better, one of us is not going to be here, and it's going to be hard on all of us. So
4: let's do better." That's Kerry. I'm Randy. Coming up, rock and roll as we head down the stretch on 101 ESPN
0: back to the opening drive podcast on 101 espn
1: presented by dobbs tire and auto centers
0: broadcasting from the car shield studio this is the opening drive on 101 espn
4: All right, two things. Number one, and this uh, revolves around our great friend, Brad Barnes, former producer of The Fastlane. Me. Who, uh, when we were having the technical difficulties with getting Coach Gates on, sent me a text, and Brad is a KU guy. And uh, he said, his line is as quiet as Mizzou Arena was against KU. Hey. So, yeah, thanks, BB. And he also, uh, Brad Barnes, was uh, the guy who came up with many of the questions for a game that we used to play in the fast lane called Would You Rather. Oh, yeah. And uh, CD came up with a Would You Rather before we get things started with uh, rock and roll. So, CD, what do well, you got? Well, Rock cut his finger. He, he he was doing a Sports Center update and
2: he got a paper cut. So, it made me think, would you rather have 10 paper cuts on your hands or or stub
4: your big toe at 3 a.m.? Oh, man. I, I, you know what? As much <laughs> as I hate it, it's going to be stub the big toe. Yeah. At 3 a.m.? But You got ten, out yeah. of
2: bed to go use the restroom, came back to bed, and hit the big toe. It's and, a horrible choice. Oh, it's the worst. There is yeah, yeah. no good option. But... Uh, Paper cuts stick with you a little bit. I <laughs> mean, is, uh, stopping that big toe on to thing for uh, maybe a couple of days, depending on yeah, how bad you it, get
4: it. At least you lay down and maybe you're, you're in bed. And you can go back to sleep until you start walking again. Man, it just it's, made me think that, about that's it. That's a bad would you rather. That, that's just <laughs> that's, a, that's a, a bad answer. You can't give
6: a good answer. That, like, is that, does that mean if, if there's no good answer, does that make it a good would you rather? Yes, yes it does. Thing it does. It the does. Thing, <laughs> it's, it's a terrible would you rather. At the same time, it's also a good would you rather because I'm sitting here and I'm thinking. You've no, been shaking the, your I'm hand saying, for I'm, the last 10 this minutes. This is an easy act. This is honestly an easy one. It's stubbing my toe at 3 a.m. Even with the paper cut. One, that's that's one paper cut. Imagine one. if you did it on all 10 no. fingers. No.
2: <laughs> no! The worst, <laughs> one, again, the worst part about paper cut for me
6: is it's it like, I don't know how paper cutting your skin makes a sound. Because it feels like it, it shouldn't. It feels it, like, it's feel like, like it's shredding your yeah, skin, doesn't it? You hear it. And it, it is, it. the sound, it, when it hits my ears, I'm just like, I want to look at my finger. I know that hurt. I know that hurt. I know there's going to be a little bit of blood. I don't like this at all. It's I painful. hate paper cuts and I'm one of those kind of people who like when I'm when I'm like super stressed out for some reason I like I, I can't get the image of like paper cuts like in like between my fingers <laughs> oh, you uh, are my, my mind you are crazy <laughs> it like drives me nuts you ever, you ever had the image of some of getting a paper cut on your eyeball before it'll drive no. you insane It'll drive you crazy uh, for like six I, hours at a time wanna,
4: I don't want to get in there by the <laughs> way uh, we have a couple of minutes left here Augusta National Golf Club announcing this morning that any golfer who qualified for the Masters based on its previous criteria will be invited to play in 2023 including 16 players who are currently competing in the live golf league and that was going to be the watershed moment for live are our players going to be able to participate in the masters and the masters kind of held the key to the success of live golf because if players weren't going to be able to play in the masters they were going to try to find a way out of live golf but now they can do both they can live in both arenas play live golf and in the masters is
2: that good or bad for for for
6: golf it's good
4: for the for the for the PGA golfers how, how do they feel about that they aren't happy about it but in terms of viewership if you have Bubba Watson and Phil Mickelson and Dustin Johnson Sergio Patrick Reed if you have those guys participating in the Masters and you have that tension I think it brings eyeballs to the to the sport you
2: can't let those guys win though if you're if you're a PGA guy. If you're like, Rory. you really got to take it to
6: them and show them why they should not have ever left Right. Despite the fact that the PGA doesn't actually run the Masters or doesn't doesn't run all the majors, the casual golf fan doesn't care about that fact. They think they see big name golfers, they see a big name golf event, and they're going to naturally relate it to the PGA. And so I just think anytime you're getting eyes onto golf at this point, it's enough that the the common person that you want to get to watch that isn't already going to watch with those big names, they're always going to associate that stuff with the PGA. If you're the PGA that's good for you. You just take advantage of the fact that you still have the name recognition that the other tour doesn't. Now, if the live tour guy does win and those casual fans are watching, now, again, it's a little too much yeah, pull towards the live tour for the casual fan to start getting in their eardrums. But I think it's better over as anything good for golf is good for the PGA. I think the PGA golfers has got to whoop him. Like all of them.
4: Yep. And like, some of the other guys, by the way, that balls. are going to be invited and play in the Masters. Cameron Smith, who was uh, the number 3 player in the world. He qualifies based on winning the 2022 Open Championship and the players. Bryson DeChambeau-Brooks Kepka also invited due to winning the U.S. Open or the PGA Championship in the last five years. So it's going to be a full field. And the first major of 2023 is going to be very, very interesting, especially if Tiger's there. He, I watched him walk the other day, mm-hmm. and it does not look good. Does not.
2: It's a it's a full fledged limp. Like he, it, it's like he's hanging on by a thread with that leg and and, and his ability to. It looked like it looked. Like he, you seen Dion walk mm-hmm. recently since yeah. he had his his toes amputated. It looked worse than Dion's limp. Wait, what? Yeah, you didn't know yeah. Dion had his toes amputated. I don't. No, he He, he, got, he only amputated. has eight of them now.
6: Which ones he get amputated?
2: I think the last two. On which yeah. foot? Uh, I'm not sure. Haven't haven't seen him personally. I haven't asked him to take his shoe off. Playing football. Playing football. He he had a a bad infection and, you know, leg was... You gotta Google it. It, It's a whole documentary. They did uh, a whole series. Are are there
6: more, like, toeless and fingerless players than Ronnie Lott and Deion Sanders out there that I don't know about? Oh, I'm sure. Jack Griffin? And, And... Oh, Randy. (laughs)
4: It's a ball. <laughs> Am I wrong?
6: God dang it.
2: Uh, Dempsey. Randy. Tom Dempsey's Tom Dempsey one. is yep. another one.
6: <laughs> yep. Oh and
2: had half a foot, yeah. right? Right, mm-hmm. right. exactly. No foot, yeah. They have no toes? Yeah, 63-foot field.
6: 63-yard really? field Yeah. I said, so yeah, no, no toes. None God. at all. God bless it.
4: Yeah. I would tell you oh. Back in the day, though, <laughs> <laughs> No. They, 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 they didn't have a Nike deal for him. Could you imagine that Nike deal? Oh, <laughs> a special half shoe yeah the, the ground Dempsey half a foot <laughs> half a shoe <laughs> yeah. thank you Matthew great job by producer engineer Matthew <laughs> the ground Matthew <laughs> thank
1: you
4: Randy yeah, yeah, not that yeah. the air, air
2: Jordan, Jordan ground Dempsey <laughs> See what, oh, God.
4: God. See what you did there. See what you did there. Great job, oh, City. My, my man. <laughs> and we thank you for tuning in, texting, and being a part of the show. For all of us, until tomorrow morning at 7, have a great day, St. Louis.
0: You've been listening to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN and ESPN.com.
1: Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers.
0: Cool. (laughs) Yep, even easier than that. And with no fees or minimums on checking and savings accounts, is it even a decision? That's banking reimagined. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com slash bank for details. Capital One and a member FDIC.
6: 92% of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later. All because of a fancy bike? Not just bikes. We also make a rower.
0: Have you ever tried to row? Too hard. Not with
6: Form Assist. It actually teaches you how to row. So it doesn't matter if you're a first-time rower or a seasoned pro. Peloton can help you achieve your fitness goals. 92% stick with it. So can you. Try the Peloton Row risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only. Not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com home dash trial.
0: At The Home Depot, we're dedicated to helping you build the skills that get your home projects done right. That's why we offer free and interactive online DIY workshops. During the live streams, our knowledgeable associates help you tackle your DIY projects no matter your age or skill level. You can learn how to install new single pole switches as well as standard duplex and GFCI outlets. Register for free at homedepot.com workshops. The Home Depot, how doers get more done.